Yo, what's up, guys and gals? Tonight's Gravity Lab Radio is brought to you by Velocity Sports Equipment, the maker of the Infinity Rig. Uh, this is a really cool show. This ad is going to be super, super short because uh, the marketing guy, the guy at Sales and Marketing, Blake Johnson, a good buddy of ours, is actually here in town for a special event, and we're having here him here on the show. So we'll talk a little bit about Infinity. I'm especially excited because you probably have heard us talk about the MARD if you're a regular listener. And tonight, we're going to dive a little bit into that MARD. Uh, the MARD has been teased over the last couple of weeks. Today is March 16th, and today officially Velocity Sports Equipment announced on all their social media, their pages everywhere, that the MARD is now released. Orders are open. They are available. I have my new Infinity on order. I am ready to get my new rig ASAP. Check them out. You can go to VelocityRigs.com. We'll talk a little bit about the MAR today. We'll talk a little bit about what we feel and how we feel about the rig. Nick and I did a lot of the jumping, and uh, you'll hear more about that. Till then, man, guys and gals, super short ad because uh, we're going to talk about Infinities a little bit more on the show. Thank you to Velocity Sports Equipment for helping make the show uh, possible, and thank you guys and gals always for listening. Enjoy my good friend, Mr. Blake Johnson. I'm the target of a meat missile going 150 miles an hour plus. That got really exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You are listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and Nicholas Lott. Produced by Justin Grubbs. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? I wouldn't say it's illegal. I think, I think it's perfectly legal. Uh, Gentlemen, sorry, this is a re-welcome for the people <laughs> listening on the audio-only version. We've been talking for a second. So we're talking about the pyro event that's got you out here. Yeah, yeah. So uh, maybe I should share the video from the previous pyro, but uh, give us the gist of what's going mental. on, Mr. Blake Johnson. Yeah, so Constantine um, put together some sort of pyro jump a while back, and pretty sure he just had the idea. He was like, you know what? We should get a giant group of people to do this and set a world record. Uh, so I wanted to come down and help out with that, and uh, here I am. Well, here we are. How uh, how have you been able to help with this event so far? <laughs> yeah, so I've been building bombs for Constantine. <laughs> so, so it's po- it's the giant streamers, right? Like uh, giant sparklers. Yeah, you if could, you had you like a uh, sparkler, but it was like a uh, hundred feet long. Yeah. And how how many of these bombs would you say you built? Probably like fifty. Fifty. I want to. done. F- I want to give some people a visual so you can help describe it better. Yeah. Um, Anybody, you said 100 feet. Would, would that be your guess, Nick? About a 100 foot long stream of sparks? Trail, it's, a, yeah. it's a pretty long stream. It's hard to say, but. Uh, it's I, at least 50. It's a big one. I don't know, man. It, it's it's ridiculous. A 14 way you can see from over 20 miles away because it was seen further away than my house, and that's how far my house is from the DZ ballpark. I was hoping they'd do that jump so you could be like, dude, I'm at my house right now. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Uh, so uh, from the drop zone, it straight up looked like fucking Armageddon oh, was coming nuts. down. Like, you were on the ground. with All three of us were watching that. Mental. This dude. I had goosebumps watching that. If, that if anyone's so uh, listening, we do have the... or watching live with us right now. The, the screen is worth looking at because we're putting out the video from the last event. So this is a 14-way, uh, this number of people. And it's a pretty pretty visible thing, <laughs> especially so from, from the ground when you think that aliens might be invading. And uh, next I'll track down the video of the, uh, the 40 ways from the other night. And Greg Liu, uh, Greg's wife's name. Oh, my God. 
Schwati. Schwati. She, her and I were talking. She was just taking off last night, and she was up here in Pearland grabbing some food for some people, headed down 288, and she said she just saw this comet coming down out of the sky. It is... I haven't wanted to watch night jumps in well over 15 years, nor have I cared to watch night jumps in that long. And I hung out at the DZ three nights in a row later than you. Late. The it's past my bedtime. Only time I've hung out at the DZ that late is for film festival or karaoke night. I just, I don't do the DZ late at night. So it was super dope to see. So these guys have like, describe one of the things, one of the bombs, just I one mean, stick. Yeah. So, I mean, there's three sticks for free fall and then, which... I couldn't imagine the pressure. They have to... You have the remote, you have the pyro, and then... Oh, sorry. That's the uh, noise of the airplane. I'm pulling up the other video of uh, the ones from the other night. Yeah, so they have to arm the device in the plane and then flip the switch. And then as they leave the plane in free fall, they have to press the button to fire the pyro. And then on top of all of that, it's nighttime. You're in a big way. It's a two-plane shot. There's so much <laughs> they have to pay attention it's to. It's pretty crazy. It's so it's basically like three road flares, four total, three big pointing ones. one way. Yeah, it's not just a normal road flare. No, it's like a pretty big. It's, 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 like it's much longer. About girth-wise, it's the same, but length-wise, it is a much larger. Yeah. One pointing the opposite way, and these same one way when you're on your head, another way when you're on under canopy. So you were taping like Four of these together total? Yeah, so three for free fall and then one for canopy. And then you guys were wiring them together to what? Like, explain that system a little bit better. Uh, I mean, the three for free fall were all wired together, would go into one battery or, like, pod, I guess, on the bracket. And then the one for free fall would just go directly into its pod by itself. So they, they had two different like devices to arm. Like pod, like a receiver? Yeah, like a receiver. Okay. Um, so they had two they had to arm, one for free fall, one for canopy. And they, they man, the foot brackets, all the paraphernalia you guys had going on, and the neon lights, batteries. Yeah, the LED strips, like all the, that's a whole nother. There was like a team of people building bombs, and a team of people getting all the LEDs ready and stuff. Yeah, they have to wear so much. I mean, the the bracket, the, the brackets are pretty big. Like yeah. If you ever jump with a smoke bracket, it's like that, but sticking out even further because on the inside, where I would probably mount the smoke, they have the the receivers, right? Mm-hmm. The receivers that that receive the charge from the remote to ignite and start sending out the sparks. And then they're wearing these LED kits that are these crazy uh, crazy lights that are inside plastic tubing so that it doesn't damage the lights. Yep. And that's woven through. They have two of those strips on each person, one woven through their arms, one woven through their legs. Each of those has to have a battery pack. Some of them are stowed on their legs or you know, stuffed up into the jumpsuit or whatever, but you got to have one on your arm, one on your legs. And then, then once you have all of that shit on, and you figured out how to turn it all on, how to turn it off, how to activate it, Go fly now you're way. doing a two-plane <laughs> big way. And now that you're doing a two-plane big way, you're doing that at night. It's nice. Where, uh, you know, it's March in Texas, so the weather isn't 100% favorable. And so now, even though they've only jumped when the weather has been favorable, you're still that's still got to be a wonder in, in your brain. Totally. So, yeah, it sounds like just a regular skydive, right? It yeah. sounds like Constantine's brainchild. <laughs> it, no, man. Like, oh, of course. Of course amazing, dude. We just watched rocket men flying out God, of the sky, dude. It was it was nuts. It was super cool to see. Uh, all three of us actually took a right seat ride in the trail plane. And, and one of the things oh, I noticed dude, going, to, so going back to those smoke brackets, like if I were watching a big way and watching the divers dive out after each other, I'd almost be critical of like, you guys aren't tight enough. But then you think about they're getting down that plane with those smoke brackets on. And I saw a couple of their videos. Yeah, you it's can't like just super run that, like trippy. 
Um, dude, you see the POV of people like in the back of the plane trying to run out with those big brackets yeah. on their feet. Yeah. Clunk, 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 clunk. yeah. And th- if you're watching live on Facebook, you can actually see video of Nick's point of view. I think that's from your camera, isn't it, Nick? Because mm-hmm. oh, there's no way dude. that's our cell phones. No. <laughs> <laughs> I wish my cell phone looked that good. And those iPhones do a pretty good job. Dude, I dude, I had no clue my iPhone records in forty or four K, forty K. It was a baller. 40K. I'm Asian, yo. <laughs> in four K until I was actually up there. I'm like, look, there's a four K option. I started recording what was going on and checking it out. Welcome to the big leagues, dude. Man, my phone doesn't flip open anymore. I feel like I'm one smart kid, <laughs> dude. What did you uh? Have you ever flown right seat on a big way like that? Not on a big way. No, like that. I mean. That was almost a highlight of the whole week. Was just getting to sit right seat, yeah, trailing that plane, and then having the door open, and the other guys are just like geeking at you, like, "Oh, what's up, dude? <laughs> you guys are crazy." It is such a cool. Even like, I don't know what's cooler: sitting in the lead plane's door, staring at the trail plane the whole time, or being in the trail plane watch. It just, it's an amazing sight to be, man. It's, yeah, watching everybody come out like that. Like, I mean, that's never a sight you'll see. I mean, at least at my skydiving level. Like, Dude, no, most people no never. No way. Like, getting to see just that view of people coming out the plane right next to you. Yeah. Oh, nuts. I've been on some formation big ways, and it's really cool to be in the in the trail plane, being one of the first floaters out. Yeah. So on the trail plane, when you're uh, a floater, you're Hi just... Dad. What? My dad's watching, dude. Oh, hey, dad. <laughs> my dad never really watches this show, so what's up, dad? Literally, my dad just texts me, too. He's like, I'm watching <laughs> You guys got dads? That's pretty cool. <laughs> dude, right? Isn't that I awesome? miss you, dad. <laughs> David's a dad. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so you're a floater on the trail plane. You're looking backwards. You're facing the tail. You're facing the person who's going to leave when the super floater on the lead plane leaves. Yeah. So you're not even looking at the lead plane. You're outside of the plane looking at one of your buddies waiting for them to fall off the airplane. And the moment that you let go... Now you're falling backwards onto your head and you're looking up for the for the lead plane mm-hmm. and then see like it's like now all of a sudden you're staring up at two planes and people are piling out and you're chasing over to the base. And it's super cool when you get to when your grip is on someone else who left from that other airplane. It's super, so super neat. The POV from the one plane to another, like the ground that they have to make up and the lag between the super floater too. like he leaves and then don't. Yeah, yeah, I was counting like everyone else nine seconds between that super floater and the and the last divers. That's so fun. So it's, it's, you think about it in your head, it's like, oh, yeah, everyone's just out all at once. But no, it takes no some time. Those, those last divers have a really hard job. But I've always been on the jump when I've been on a formation load. I've never got to do a ride along and just s- watch the plane without the pressure of like, fuck, I got to go be on that skydive in a yeah. minute. So man, my, my right seat ride with Rabbit was a, was a ton of fun. Yeah, it was nice knowing that I don't have to get out of the plane. I'm just here to enjoy the view. Dude, it, it's one of the most enjoyable things. If you're at a drop zone, check in with your pilots and ask them if they do right seat rides or manifest. Uh, a lot of times they do, sometimes they don't, and, and expect to pay a jump ticket. You're not sure. paying to jump, you're paying for a slot. I'd pay that any day. Yeah, dude, but it is, it's a super good time. Go on a right seat ride. It's one of the coolest things. I, I enjoy doing it regularly with our pilots, but uh, it, it, it's a lot of fun, man. What, what was your favorite part about that ride along? I mean, watching the people exit was sick. But it's funny because when you leave the plane, you never feel the shove that like the, the pilot gives mm-hmm. after. Um, I mean, after everyone's exited. So being in the plane for that, I was like, holy shit, they just fucking put that thing down and it's a roller coaster. It was cool because they stayed in formation together, right? On your descent? Yeah. Yeah. Like you see the, then the they're lead flying, plane just take off and then you're right behind it. Then they were flying chill. 
Yeah. Because like if you're in that plane with Rabbit alone and he doesn't have to follow anybody or Jorge alone who doesn't have to lead anybody and yeah. they don't have to fly together, that it's it's a little bit better roller coaster. Sure. So it, it is. That a was blast. enough for me, man. I was like, oh my god. Dude. I was I was not expecting the 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 dip. It's like still holding my phone and then just the plane goes. Nyum. Oh my god. It, it's a good time, man. Nick, how was this event for you so far? Uh, I wish there was more skydiving. Oh if my I'm god! Being honest, what well, a heartbreaker! Tough, it's tough. it's been a lot of a lot of clouds, which has been unfortunate for them, and a lot of really promising looking like last loads before the sun goes down, and then it just kind of has, has turned, and that's happened uh, every night except for one. They yeah. got they got that one jumping. So it's been fun to chase them around with the camera. It's been fun to not have the. You know, usually when I'm uh, shooting video for something like this, I'm often involved also in, in mm-hmm. what's going on. So it's nice to not have uh, that that pressure going, just being able to, to hang out. But uh, it's fun to watch. It's really cool to see how confident some of those people can can be with dealing with so many different uh, variables on on that specific jump. It's been fun to watch you during this event because, like you said, you're always involved with the event, and watching you shoot, you're just I, I'm going to call it for fun outside video. There's yeah, I'll say it's funsies. Yeah. Uh, of course, you're they're using your video. You're helping along quite a bit. You're kind of the making of guy. Uh, watching you suddenly get an idea, stop whatever you're doing, and go run around and find your drone and do this and do that. You look like a kid super excited about a project because you can do whatever you really want with this one. Yeah, there's definitely some some freedom. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, still, I mean, I, I guess I've appreciated the, the places where I can help out. Where the you know I'm not jumping on these jumps, but I've been able to help both of the videographers who are on the jumps, and uh, just helping on everybody else, just trying to trying to be there for support, and because I know how nerve wracking of a position they might be in. Totally. You know, every, everyone's different with how they handle stress. Mm-hmm. I know how I handle stress on jumps like that, and it's really great when someone can can serve a helpful role. So it's nice to be that helpful role for some of those guys. Super cool, man. All the people who came into town. Like, we, we've got some of the best of the best in town. It's just... World-class flyers. Dude, unbelievable to walk through and look at 40 of the, like, some of the best that we have. You know, some of them I recognize by face, to, you know, through social media or yeah. whatever. Some of them I recognize by far by name, like the Curtises. That's that's one that's easily to be re- easily recognizable. Who's that? What? Uh, I'm just kidding. Stan Curtis and oh yeah, that yeah. sounds familiar. <laughs> Stan, Steve Curtis and Sarah, of course. Uh, I thought Nick was flexing at the camera for a second. He likes to oh, do that. No, I'll get to it. Don't worry about that. <laughs> he randomly will start flexing, <laughs> man. It's super fun. By the way, real quick, we're not going to talk about the Mard right now, but yep. I know a lot of you are turning in exactly yet. Yeah, a lot of you are tuning in and can't wait to hear a little bit about Infinity's new Mard. We will be talking about that. So, Majo, I see you tuning in, homie. We were just talking about you <laughs> earlier today, Mr. Espinoza. Um, we. Maybe well, good to see you, brother. Uh, we will talk about that, Martin, a little bit. We're just going to catch up a, a little bit with what we've been doing, man. Uh, it, it really sucks because they, they're here for a night head-down record attempt. And we were Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night. And in those four nights, we, they made one jump, one night jump. And they were so close. Dude, so close. With one jump. Imagine what they could have done with four, five. Right, man. They would have got it. Like. And. And it, not even that, dude. How many practice jumps were missed because of bad weather? There weren't yeah. that many practice jumps either. No, but they all went really well yeah, they when they did have them. I think the last day jump yesterday, the last jump yesterday, it was a successful 39-way. Did anybody get the official count on that? I heard I, it was... I didn't hear. Yeah. So I was talking to, is it James Koontz? Did I say his last name right? 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, when he walked in, he's a static videographer, so he's got the shot. And so when he walked in, I asked him, and he's like, I'm pretty sure they got it. And from our perspective, it looked it like sure they did looked as well. Like they did. Oh, it looked, it looked strong. Like with a pyro on at night, it's just you know if they right. built it or not, man. It, it's it's easy awesome. to see if someone's out if they're on fire. <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it makes life super yeah. obvious and super easy. So uh, I don't think enough people are left in town tonight. So I think tonight's kind of a little bit of let's have some fun, build sequential. Well, uh, I mean, I don't think that they've actually oh, no. built a, a successful formation, meaning that there's not a record. Yeah, I, think, I think Chicago did a, a big way, but didn't file for uh, for the record. So the un- I was under the impression that that was the record. I thought so too. Unofficial but, uh, record is thirty two, is what I was it's told. An this unofficial, week. yeah, unofficial. Okay, I I, I, for, I remember that you say it. Somebody and I were talking about this weekend. Maybe Garrett, dude, and uh, dude, I got Garrett Bloodworth. I've heard that name quite a bit, James as well, and I got to meet those guys. They were hanging out Super in cool the fishbowl that I hang out in, and. Dude, it was super cool to get to know some of these I think ninjas. I pulled this video up to answer the question of how far does that trail go behind them. <laughs> yeah. And, man, it is, I would say it's got to be 150 feet, if, if not more. You're measuring body to trail, I mean, right? body to the, to the end and the yeah. fact that right there, I'm that still doing that. So yeah. It's insane. Dude, it is ridiculous. But even even right here, if we were to, to freeze this right here, this, this, this shot is actually from the ground as much as it looks like it's on level with them. But it's like if, if each one of these flashy little lights is somebody's body, so we're going to say that they're, you know, <laughs> five to six feet, these little dots. If you look at the uh, the trail that's behind that, yeah, man, I bet that's 150 feet. Yeah, it's got to be, dude. And it is just, there's not, Nuts. it's one of the most amazing things I've seen in this sport. It really is. To see that, Constantine has one of the most vivid, wild, overactive imaginations, and that's what that produces. Totally. And for anybody, before we say too much more, these bomb on the feet, fireballs flying through the sky, I all it was done so safely. Like the thought process, the safety, the training, how all these things work, the cold pyro that he's using, which I don't understand all the words coming out of my face hole. But it's super huge props to that whole team. Matt Fry. Yeah, I mean Matt Fry really pulled it together. Killer organizer. There, there's not really a s- single part I've seen so far of the process that they haven't like figured out. To even like putting on the brackets, where the cutaway cable goes, how you route the excess so it's not getting stepped on by your friends. Mm-hmm. Ev- every single process has been uh, figured out and briefed. And uh, the, the gear checks that they're doing with each other are extremely thorough, too, which is highly admirable. Yeah. Yeah, the lead plane checks the trail plane. Trail plane checks the yeah, lead plane. They took plane. that really seriously. I'm yeah. It, it's, as they should. It's ridiculous, man. Huge shout out to our friends, man. If you guys and gals haven't seen it, check out uh, SSK has some footage on their Facebook page and Instagram. LB Altimeters has some stuff going on out there. Spaceland. Uh, these are a lot of the people who have some of the social media. Of course, uh, Garrett Bloodworth, just to go check his stuff out directly. I know he's got something going on. Uh, Nick, do you know any belts who's got video flying around right now? Uh, I would assume that most people who were on those jumps have posted something on their social media. T-Willy. So if you're friends with any of them. Uh, I, I used uh, Tommy's video for some of the stuff that we put out for Spaceland. But uh, Garrett's video on Instagram from the 360 camera that was is pretty sweet. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull something that about out. like raw footage like that just brings it all Man, into perspective. And one thing I like is the view of Houston from Garrett's. You want to hit I that? Gotta kill the computer <laughs> audio. Sorry. No worries, man. Um, the uh, the view of downtown Houston from this video that of Garrett's that's being shown right now is just ridiculous. Now you can see the lights in the sky. Yeah, you hadn't seen this yet, have you? 
Oh, this it, is on his Instagram, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I it, saw this. It's so ridiculous. And then watching that lead, that, that floater on that lead plane fire that pyro as he leaves, dude, just oh <laughs> my gosh, that that gives the perspective of how long it is as well, Nick. That backs up your hundred hundred and fifty foot. There's so statement. much ground to make up. Oh, yeah, it's, it's hard to tell with this of how far he's actually having to go to the base. Just those those three sixty cameras, it's kind of hard to uh, get a real perspective. But uh, <laughs> man, what a what a view! Man, super super crazy. I'm really excited because this is the first time Constantine has tried something like this, mm-hmm. and we all know Constantine well. Who thinks it's the last time Constantine tries something like this? Shh. anybody anybody believe this is his last effort? I no. wouldn't. I wouldn't believe so. No, God, man. that climb out is just so crazy, especially with the lights of Houston. Yeah. Next time I why two bombs on everyone's feet, dude. Okay. I, I told uh, Constantine like, "Hey, yo, bro. Uh, I, I, I don't care to do night jumps anymore. I'm afraid of the dark. The boogeyman comes out and picks my nose." Uh, but it, it's he. I told Constantine, "You make me want to do a night jump again." He goes, "Dude, let's go." I'm like, "It's gotta be a two way belly." So I, I'm afraid of the dark, man. I, it's intimidating. It's and imagine with all that gear on too. Oh my god! I struggle with depth perception in the dark, like stopping my car at a stop sign. I'm kind of like, oh, am I at the right oh, place? Oh yeah, old people stuff. Right? No Asian, Asian. Asian. Uh, yeah, I guess I should have. I didn't put the driving part together. Asian driver, no survivor. Don't tell <laughs> mom I said that, dad. Like she, you know, she'll get mad at me for that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, super super cool things going on. Stop touching your face. Did I touch my face? No, I, I scratched my nose. You touched your face. Okay, yeah, yeah. good. Yeah, man. When should we talk about coronavirus? It's getting kind of serious. Dude, I, I was worried I wasn't going to be able to go home. I mean, you still, I still might not be. Not. <laughs> yeah, I might be stuck with you, dude. Sick. Sting. How, how do you guys feel about the level of seriousness surrounding the, the coronavirus? I'd rather overreact than underreact. Yeah. And I'm super close to self quarantine. I'm like, I'm getting nervous. It's not. Like, we went to Freebirds for lunch today, and I felt very comfortable because everybody was being obviously very considerate and very thoughtful. Yeah, they were, like, wiping down the handrails while we were in there, too. The restaurant was dead. That's the other reason I like going to restaurants right now is nobody's in them, and they're the cleanest you'll ever see them. Yeah. But I was at the drop zone, and people were forcing themselves on each other. Like, if you want a hug, I get that. And, like, there's a homie I'm not going to see in a while. You and I actually got a hug because we of We had a good hug. It was a good moment. Yeah, yeah. And and because it was a moment. There was a good reason, and we're homies. But there are people who are insisting that, no, we have to shake hands. This coronavirus doesn't make sense. I'm like, okay, if it doesn't make sense, you that still don't That coronavirus don't make no sense. <laughs> Shut Dude. the fuck up. <laughs> Did you see the numbers? There was a chart out today. I, it's been out, I guess, for a while, but it said the number of reports in Italy by how many every day? The deaths. Then the U.S. version and then the California version. The numbers are on par. And if the numbers keep going the way Italy did, we'll be over 20,000 in the next like week uh, cases. So it, it, it just ramps up like we're at 8,000 or something. Yeah, I think I think life's going to change pretty quick. Yeah. I don't think that, uh, I mean, I'm not personally worried about surviving this illness if I get sick. I think, we'll be yeah. I think my biggest worry is how how many, you know, you think about Black Friday shopping experiences, sure. how many of those days are, go- are we going to have to string together in the in the public to try and yeah. get food at the grocery store? That's what yeah. I, that's my biggest worry. There's two people in Bend that uh, have like confirmed that they have the coronavirus and they were posting on Instagram like their symptoms and how it's like making them feel. I think they're both over it by this point, but just like having that perspective and hearing, I mean, it sounded like a really bad flu, mm-hmm. which sucks. Yeah. But for people that have good immune systems, I guess I'm not too worried about it. I'm more worried about how it's going to affect my daily life, like going to work. 
I mean, we have a lot of we have old sewers at VSC. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know what our plan is at this point. Have we even mentioned that you work for Velocity Sports Equipment? By the way. The manufacturer of the oh, Infinity the Rig? Yeah, that's us. Yeah, I think we maybe started to get to that and then had technical <laughs> difficulties in the beginning of the show. But, uh, yeah, so Velocity Sports has some, some older ladies who are running the sewing machines. Yeah, I mean, they're right? all awesome. And but that's that's the way every manufacturer is, which I've been surprised to learn learning about totally, about yeah, gear and how it's made. Is it's yeah, there's not a lot of skydivers. Everyone's and like, yeah, dude, my skydivers like made my rig. It's like, nah, dude. <laughs> no, you don't want skydivers making your rig. We don't have the attention span to <laughs> do true. it, dude. Like, you don't want that. It's uh, and you can't keep skydivers working on a factory floor because they want to skydive. Yeah, it, it, it's you and I were talking about that today. One of the hardest parts about working in the industry is you want to jump more. Totally, and it's a compromise you choose. You, you get that trade off. Yeah, I want to I want to dive into your story just a little bit. We'll Go get to on. the marred back to those people who are worried about that. Um, and I want to share your story because I think it's it's really cool. A lot of people think, man, for me to work for a manufacturer like Infinity be, to be the gear pimp, the sales and marketing guy, that you got a lot of experience because you've been <laughs> jumping, what, like 15, 20 years now, right? Uh, 25 years. Now. 25 years. Can you believe that? Yeah, yeah. How old are you again? <laughs> 25. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you, for real, you've been jumping how long when you started working? There? When I started working yeah. there, uh, like three, four years-ish. And how many jumps? I was at like 350. Yeah, man. And, and I'm not going to tell you everybody with these low experience levels can actually get into a job like yours. I really don't think most with your experience can, but I think exceptional people can. And I think you're very much proof of that. Sure. Um, there's another guy, Kyle Peterson. You know Kyle? He is the demo is rep at Infinity or at PD. He does all the demo stuff, not okay. the tour rep, the demo rep. Yeah. And he's got 200-some-odd jumps. Like, the thing that both of you do well is you understand your limitations and you understand your resources. Yeah, I mean, you got to learn a lot. Yeah. And, I mean, don't take that to heart. Like, you've got low jump numbers, and you're going to be dealing with people that have quadruple the jumps you have. It's all good. Yeah. You can still offer good advice, and they understand where you're coming from. You can understand where they're coming from. Just know your place. Learn. So a, a lot of the younger jumpers who think they want to work in the industry, work in the sport, how did you come across your job? Miss Riley. Well, I mean, I, I was... <laughs> before we get into Riley. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. We, uh, I mean, I was jumping Infinity for a while, and I really liked the rig. I had jumped other rigs before that, um, but she had told me, like, hey, I'm not going to be there anymore. Um, you should apply and see where it takes you. And I did, and met Kelly, um, went into the shop, had an interview, and I was like, yeah, this is going to be a good fit. And uh, it kind of just went off from there. I mean, it's it's also in my backyard. I mean, I live in Bend, and the factories and sisters, it's like 25 minutes away. Beautiful country, bro. Yeah, it's like, man, out of all the manufacturers in the world, one of them's right there. It's like, heck yeah. You, you're so blessed with that. I, I absolutely love First of all, Blake doesn't build your rig, Mark Wallace. You don't want him to build your rig. No, dude, I can't sew with <laughs> shit. No, he I'll can't. make your reserve cables. I make the handles. That's it. That's the only, you like, got production, that covered? That's the only production thing I do. He's not, he can't even hit start on the embroidery machine. No. If he could, he would. No, that's not true. I, can, I know where the start button is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard that you were the guy responsible for embroidery. Is that not true? You give me the design, I'll, I'll make sure it gets to the machine. Once it gets to the machine, we have someone else that presses the start button. Yeah, <laughs> actually, one of our homies the, helps you with that digitizing, digitizing. Mr. Adam Buckner. Adam Buckner, Option Studio. So, yeah. like, really, between you do a lot of the design, uh, he or other friends may help you with some of it, and he does all the digitizing, then you get it all back in, into the production line. Exactly, yeah. <coughs> He's been super great. Corona for us. cough. 
You got it. You're Asian and you're coughing. You've definitely got it. Uh, absolutely, man. It's the Elven beer flu. Do you wonder how funny it will still be when, when one of our friends, like, oh, yeah, my mom got coronavirus and died from it? It's going to be a lot less funny then. We just made a joke of a friend who committed suicide three days ago. What? Not, he didn't commit suicide three days ago. Three days ago, we made a joke about a friend who made, committed suicide. Yeah, that's normal. That's, that's it wasn't that any terribly less dark skydiver humor, <laughs> which I can appreciate. <laughs> But uh, I didn't hear about this. <laughs> what? It was between us, a friend of ours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, don't ask. <laughs> yeah, it's not I gonna. S- it's not gonna sound good spoken in a, in a public. No, absolutely. Venue. Let's just say we're both terrible people, and we can pre- appreciate a good joke. You ever, you ever talk trash about? And the dude was a homie. He was a good friend. Like, if anything happened to me, I expect that you guys would be trashing on me because you're my friends, not because you hate me. You. You wouldn't? I would. Absolutely. Okay. I thought we were friends. I was like, what, man? You're not gonna, totally. man. DJ. Yeah. Uh, so you've been working for Infinity for how long now? Uh, about a year and a half. A year and a half. And Infinity, in that year and a half, if any one thing could change, what would that one thing be that you've wanted? At the company? Yeah. Oh, the mark. What's dude? up? Yeah, the What's mark. Up? You've been with Infinity for a year and a half. I've known Kelly since 98. I The first time I put my hands on any version of an Infinity Mard was 13. And it already been working in Kelly's pocket and mine for a while. Sure. He it's really been in the works forever. Yeah, he's very particular and wants it to be perfect. Yeah, I think we're at that point too. I mean, yeah. he was comfortable putting it out now that it's it's where it's at. I I could I feel comfortable calling it a perfect version of the Infinity Mart. I uh I feel pretty strong about it, but I've jumped it a few times. Uh, yeah, that you have. We were gonna try to get Nick to jump at some, but the harness doesn't fit Nick. You saying I'm too little? It's a little bit big on me. We talked about that. Say I'm too little. Yeah, say you <laughs> little true. guy. What's a little fry? If there was a sign that said, must be this tall to ride this ride, I definitely couldn't ride that ride. Dude, <laughs> I love DQ. He wore that rig, no problem. I'm a few pounds less than DQ, and you're a few pounds less than me. So it, it, it's... I, I'm usually happier to be the one behind the camera, too, doing the fun things with the fun videos, so... I was happy to not have to. I, I mean, prefer Nick at the camera. Kind of would have been fun to be a show stealer, but uh, I, I think you, I think you earned the money shot. I mean, that sounds really <sighs> sexual and inappropriate, but I think you earned the money shot with which the uh, the video starts for the Mart. Man, it, the whole should project. I sh- should I show a little? I was bit? Yeah, say, yeah. Let's go that? ahead and show the should intro of the video, and we'll talk I'll a little bit about intro. it. So just let's so just play, good. man. Do we need volume? Yeah, let's put a little volume. All right, in. we'll let on, the intro play on, for a second. What test jump did DK, uh, DQ do? Oh, we'll get to that in one second. Let's let's. I want to hear this up. All right, we got terminal reserve ride. Oh, what is happening with the playback speed? Hang on, hang whoa, on. Where's, where's Boyland? <laughs> I need to find a different version of it because the numbers that I use to switch screens is also controlling the speed of the playback. So uh, let uh, me get you guys to another screen and I'll, and I'll pull if up you this look other on version. Yeah, did you see it on my home screen there? Uh, I did before, yes. Okay, here we go. Gosh, she's so handsome. Who is that? Na, na, na. <laughs> Do you know what Mama Wavo means? Is it like balls, something balls, and <laughs> cocksucker? Isn't cock it sucker something sucker about balls? Yeah. Something about balls. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it basically is like a, a uh, Spanish version of cocksucker. Uh, cocksucker. <laughs> yeah, and it it's, it's yes. doesn't have the exact direct translation or, or comment. And uh, Pedro, I don't know if you got to meet Pedro while you were here, but Nick, have you ever seen a scare Pedro? 
If you scare, you know that we like to scare each other. Yeah, he will be terrified. Yeah, and he yells "Mama Wavo." Yeah, and uh, Carlos yells "Hijo de puta." Yeah, so that whole video, that intro was inspired by Pedro. I yelled "Mama Wavo" for Pedro. That's funny. Yeah, is he the Ti with that curly hair? Yeah, yeah. Uh, He was in Puerto Rico. The Venezuelan guy? No, no, no. No. You're talking about uh, the Puerto Rican. We did this before. Felipe. Felipe. That's who it is. Yeah. Um, you racists. <laughs> they're all Hispanic, bro. They all look the same. Uh, it was a good time. How many times, Nick, have you and I sang that song together now? The Hey, Hey, Goodbye song? Yeah. God, at least a million. <laughs> we walked. Did we talk that story about that story on the show I, yet? We ha- we will now. Okay, okay. so when we were practicing for the, the cutaway that that starts with, mm-hmm. this was the very last jump that we did for, for part of the project. Because I was thinking, like, hey, how do we make this different? How do we make this fun? How do we make it catchy? And so this was the idea I came up with that, that grabbed all three of those of, hey, let's make a song that people recognize. Hey, hey, goodbye. That's funny to, to do with the canopy yeah. as, you're, as you're cutting away. And uh, it, yeah, it, was just, it was just silly. But we were really worried about the timing of singing the song and having it match up with the edit and, and all that stuff. So I put in my, in my left ear, I had the song playing through my headphones, or I had just made the song on repeat, just the intro over and over and over and over and over. <laughs> timing, right? so, so it's playing in my ear on the ground first, right? And so uh, DJ and I are talking to each other through the radio comms in the other ear. So I've got DJ in my right ear. I've got hey, hey, goodbye in my other ear. And now we need to practice. <laughs> How we're gonna like count into the song? This is awesome. So, I um I could hear the song coming. Like I would hear it start in my head, and he didn't hear the music. Only I heard the music. So I would say, "Ready, na 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 na," and we would start it at the same time. And it was like we needed to practice, so we just went out into the landing area, and for probably ten minutes, maybe. We just walked around, and we were out far enough that people were, like, looking out of the doors, being like, what the hell are those guys doing out in the land here? And it's like, we weren't being real quiet about it. We were being pretty loud. We were standing, like, 200 feet away, because if we were too close to hear each other, it screwed, because the comms had a delay of a millisecond. Yeah, you'd hear the comms, and it would kind of speech jam you, and then you'd wonder, oh, are we singing on time still? Because, you know, it would just mess up the way you were hearing it. So yeah, we we were spread out, walking back and forth in the <laughs> in the landing area, practicing flying our canopies and singing that song, and we practiced it a bunch of times, a whole bunch till it was just super instinctive and doing it in the, in the airplane or whatever. And then when it came time to do the actual cutaway, I thought that we were doing a practice run first because so did I up till this moment because <laughs> that's well that's what we had talked about is hey. We're going to do a, a rehearsal of the singing before you actually chop. And that's what's going to happen next. Is that's when we're going we're gonna to do the practice and then do the, real, do the real cutaway. Okay, cool, great. So in the video, you hear me saying, yeah, just give me one more 180 to your right. He says, yep, to your right. Yep, cool, awesome. And I am coming down to be right next to him, thinking that I'm going to be right next to him for the actual cutaway like we have for all the other jumps. And I say, ready? Nah, nah, nah. And so we start singing it at the very same time. And I'm fully not expecting him to cut away at <laughs> he this just moment. Did it. I'm just thinking, hey, we're singing the I've song. Never heard this before. We're this getting awesome. we're getting a good practice. <laughs> we're gonna nail it next time. And then <laughs> he says goodbye and yells Mama Weibo. And that's really why I'm laughing so hard, is because I thought it was just a practice. I didn't know cutaways were happening, and I didn't know that he was yelling Mama Weibo. <laughs> 
And uh, I can, I feel like I even sense this in your laugh a little bit, DJ, when you laugh at the fact that you just said Mama Weibo of like, man, should I just have said that? Like, no, that was planned. Yeah, I know it was planned, but, yeah. but I figured once you had said it, and you were like, man, did I just ruin our one perfect shot at this with saying Mama Weibo? Did you think that at all? No, no, you no. didn't give a shit. All right, cool, no, perfect. your you laugh didn't... is what crushed me, <laughs> and I didn't realize. So the whole time we were supposed to do a practice and I complete like when he said three, he counted in three, two, one and started singing. And when he counted in three, two, one, my brain immediately went, this is it. I forgot. Like just no excuse. Forgot. With that story, let's watch it again. And if you, (laughs) (laughs) you can see I'm ready. I'm going. Handle just ready for it. So that's fun. The reason I didn't have the audio in my ear is I was carrying a recorder on me, so because that's actual me in free in, under canopy. That yeah, was us recording. We wanted comms. to call his or we wanted to record his voice through the through the comm. So right. he's got yeah mine. Your comm was plugged into my phone yep. in your pocket or some some shit. Yeah, like I, that, had a, right? I had a I had a Cypress pouch on. So he's carrying. I mean, he's doing a, an intentional cutaway. He's carrying this stupid unicorn mount 360 camera on his head that got us this shot. And, uh, yeah, hooked up to the comms, hooked up to the recorder. What else? What else was happening? I had 10 rings on my rig. I had two cutaway handles on my rig, two reserve handles, a main handle, a cutaway handle on my helmet, a recorder. with Everything I tell you not to do in skydiving, I just went and did. (laughs) But... One of my favorite stories from Delan, we talked about it there, is we interviewed Brad Cole, the one of the test jumpers for DRC, mm-hmm. who does all the stuff for Infinity, or excuse me, uh, PD and UPT, and he's explaining their processes of what they do, and like, man, that's exactly what we were doing. They probably did it better because they're the pros. I mean, it's their jobs, but it was really cool. We followed great protocol, but dude, that jump, unicorn mount, cutaway on that helmet, belly mounted reserve with a reserve handle. A cutaway handle for my main, a cutaway handle for the main rig's reserve with that belly amount of terse reserve on. It was it was a cluster. It was a lot of fun. Dude. At the lengths you guys went for that. <laughs> I had not heard that story before. That's w- awesome. One of the funnest skydives I've ever made is that skydive. It, it was it was just a damn good time. So we, we had a really a I, lot of fun. I would say there are two that are that are pretty closely tied uh <laughs> in memory. The other one I know we've talked about before. Yes. Because uh we have broken out into song just spontaneously more than a couple of times where we'll, we'll just the landing area was the first time. No, no. Sometimes <laughs> it just ha- like even on the show it happens where someone will say a thing that reminds one of us of a shitty line from some stupid song like Bon Jovi, for example. But um, so we had left on one of the I don't know how how much we've talked about this on the show, but um, with the the testing for the Mard, you have to do. Four tests in seven different categories, total of, of 28 jumps. Right. And some of them are terminal reserve deployments, and you have to have 20 seconds in free fall before you're deploying the reserve. And we, we still we had comms on uh, radio communication in our helmets with all of the jumps except for the very first jump. We didn't have them. And so even in free fall, you can still hear each other as long as you uh, you know don't scream so loud that it's going to put too much into the mic, but you're talking... Or singing, in our case, loud enough that you're making it over the, the noise of the wind. Mm-hmm. And so 
you know, it's it's pretty understandable that like if you knew you were gonna have a cutaway on your next jump, if you knew, like there's an added level of pressure there, totally. right? Yeah. Especially if it's a terminal that reserve ride, you're gonna have some feelings about it, right? <laughs> so so did everyone who who participated in the project, and so it was just funny to try and like you know I'd try and be helpful, try and be there for gear checks, try and try and you know huge help, try and just be the the calm voice of sense and reason. And so, but the moment we got out of the plane, I started singing uh, Hat Bon Jovi's Whoa, half, Halfway There. We're halfway and, there. And so that's what I started singing just because I feel like it's oh. it was a song that we had sang together before. But the greatest part We're about it is that there's a part in the song that says, take my hand, we'll make it, I swear. And in that state, like the timing worked out perfectly. As I was singing that line, I'm also reaching my hand out to take a grip in free fall. And we took that grip and it was beautiful and it was amazing and it was hilarious. That's and awesome. there's no doubt we both understood it because the faces we made, it, like not after, as we're reaching and we're like, oh my, this is really happening. It, it was a borderline <laughs> magical moment. It was, it, it was super awesome. I, I've had some of my most favorite skydives with Nick and my sister, which is just really ironic if you, Nick and my sister, I don't know about you two. Hey, we're besties. Hey, Debbie. What's Man. up, girl? I can't wait to see that silly girl. She makes fun of me, and we've never met. <laughs> so My sister <laughs> listens to the show a lot, and she rips on Nick. We were on vacation, and she'll just start ripping on Nick. <laughs> she, Why? Because she's rude. <laughs> She's mean, dude. She's vindictive. And in love with me. Yeah. I get it. It's a lot of fun. I want to talk about the Mard, though. We told a few stories. Maybe we'll tell some more. Um, But how much is the Mard? It's pretty expensive. It's free. Free It's free. It is free, 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 free. Meaning it's included in the price of buying a new rig. It is included in the base price. But I don't want one. Guess what? What? It's uh, configurable in any... So if you want your Mard, cool. Set it up. We give you everything you want for the Mard. If you just want the RSL... You can hook it up just for an RSL. I don't even want an RSL. Cool. You don't have to have that either. But you have the option for all three. It comes with the rig. You can configure it any way you want it. It's pin checkable. Yeah, configure it any way you want. That was one of my most favorite parts about the Mart as we were testing it is, you know, Nick talked about we were doing a lot of gear checks. And Nick, you were a huge safety buffer. Not just a safety buffer, but when you were in all this gear in the loading area, everybody want to ask you 20 questions. And your brain's locked up. And Nick would just run interference, like, hey, he's kind of busy right now. Just let him be. Uh, But in that gear check, we could check the MARD every time. We knew if it was configured right. We knew if it hooked up right. Uh, Some MARDs, if they're not hooked up right, it won't matter. It just won't be a MARD. Yeah, exactly. Some MARDs, if they're not hooked up right, it's a total malfunction. Serious problem. So I love that Kelly, if you guys and gals don't know the name, Kelly Farrington actually owns uh, Velocity Sports Equipment, Infinity Rigs. Super, super great guy. Hi, Kelly. Hi, boss. Kelly, we love you, buddy. Um, Kelly, it was important to him that a jumper could check it. And I think it's two reasons, and, and, and it's kind of an assumption based off a lot of conversation. One is obviously for the safety of it. Number two, it's super important to VSC and Kelly that jumpers understand their mards. Yeah. And this kind of helps force education. Give them the knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. Like, hey, man, what is this? That, did I do the voice right? That was perfect. Thank you. <laughs> it sounds like Kermit the Frog moved to Texas. <laughs> is that what that is? <laughs> no. So, uh, Chris D'Elia, you know how Chris D'Elia does a I voice? A, a stupid, like, really, like, hey, guys. Okay, yeah. I can Listen to when he does much. that voice. He has Chris. Can't like, do it on the spot. No, he can't. But Chris D'Elia will come out of his face at some point. How did that just... He will come out of his own face? Chris yes. D'Elia will come out of my face. Yeah. So, anyway. Oh, out of Blake's face. Yeah. Okay. I get it. <laughs> um, 
It, uh, it it is completely inspectable, and it was really nice that Kelly wants that education of the jumpers yeah. out there. That and like just giving jumpers the option, um, whether it's the Mar, the RSL, or just the reserve handle. Like, it, it it's cool that we're putting that that choice in the jumpers' hands. Do you, do you want to talk at all about these videos that uh, have been built regarding the Mar, and maybe some of the education? Um, one thing I definitely want to mention is the one hundred percent capture rate. Um, that was so helpful for us. Hold on, what does that mean? Elaborate on capture rate. What does that so mean? So the Mar, there was no premature release on any of your guys' test jumps, which is super rad. So, so meaning in a partial <laughs> malfunction when the uh, Mar does its job and uh, uses the, I mean, for anyone who hasn't picked up what a Mar is, uh, main uh, main assisted reserve deployment, and it's basically turning a malfunctioning main parachute into a giant pilot chute yeah. for your reserve, right? So mm-hmm. it gets your reserve out uh, a lot faster. And on some systems, the connection between the reserve pilot chute and the uh, I mean, what am I trying to say? The main parachute and the reserve pilot chute, the uh, connection there can be lost and the gear ends up landing separately, which is a pain in the ass if you're looking for your gear, sure. but also doesn't give you an actual MARD cutaway. Yeah. It gives you a standard, standard RSL, RSL cutaway. So your, your MARD doesn't work like you uh, expected it to and uh, and paid for it too, right? Yeah. <laughs> but with uh, with the VSE MARD that we, we had them, they were all successful in that way, which is awesome. It's it's a huge deal because honestly, the Mard, uh, the the reserve pilot chute staying with the main, is not important as far as like a big deciding it's factor for me. But dude, the fact that how much does a free bag and a reserve pilot chute cost? I mean, one seventy five, one twenty five. So and yes. it's I very mean, common, like you lose a reserve free bag and pilot chute yeah. on a cutaway, and the fact that they stay together. We had to do 28 total different styles of malfunctions. I'm just um, 20 sorry, I'm over here laughing at how quickly. It just uh, the the canopy from uh, Maine to a reserve that just happened while I said those words. It is super fast. I I have had people ask me questions when we did the test jumps. We logged all the data of uh, activation or cutaway to a fly flyable canopy. It's the things the FAA wants. Right. And somebody asked if the Mard is any faster than anybody else's Mard, and there's no difference in the speed of a Mard. The main is the pilot chute, right. so it's and up. There's so many factors that go yeah. into the speed of that. So it, it's not it's not a uh, it's not going to be a difference mard to mard at how fast one activates versus the other. If somebody's telling you that, then you need to do some research on what a mard is, and then you'll see it, it's nothing. Totally, it works out really nice. Um, what were we talking about again, though? I don't know. I interrupted you. I interrupted, man. Um, that wasn't it. I don't remember mard anymore. Stuff. Mard stuff. Anyways, <laughs> it's 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 inspectable. It's yeah, free. It's free. Pin checkable. Yeah, and inspectable meaning there's a window for it, just like there's a window for your AAD. Yeah. So where the AAD is now mm-hmm. is where the Mard is now pin checkable, mm-hmm. and the AAD has been moved to the back pad of the rig. So I want to know what the uh, what the drawback, not the drawbacks. What are p- people going to complain about about this Mard? Probably. Ooh, I would. I mean, I feel like people would complain that the AED is now in the back pad. It's like, well, I already put my rig on. I can't check that <laughs> it's on. It's like, other than that, I mean, we're giving you the option to use whatever you want. Mart RSL, reserve. I mean, I'm trying to play devil's advocate here. It's what would not retrofitable. That is that is the one thing. This Absolutely. is true. Yeah. Um, but I mean, w- because we moved the AED to the back pad, it's. It, I mean, it wasn't feasible. Yeah. Um, Kelly has been a big fan and proponent of keeping the AAD window under the reserve flap. Number one, you can check each other on the ground, geared up or not geared up. 
Number two, you should be checking your reserve cable and your reserve system regularly. Absolutely. And by making you open your reserve flap all the way, he's helping reinforce that you check the rest of it. You may or may not be smart enough to take his hint. Um, and I think the only reason Kelly accepts moving the AAD window is that the MAR is still going to hopefully force that check. Yeah, add well, another thing to the gear check. Yeah. I, I do wonder how exciting or entertaining some of uh, some of the stuff might be to, you know, average or let's say new skydivers because I feel like they're the ones who might not understand all of it. So uh, we have some videos coming out to explain the Mard a little bit more, help people get a better understanding. Yeah, I mean, there's actually two on the website right. Oh, now. they're on the website already. That's mm -hmm. right. Yeah, but so you're going to be putting them on social media. Yeah, I didn't want to overload social media so with so much stuff. It's a yeah, good move. They're uh, they're on the website right now. Um, there's what we'd call like a, a nerd version. Um, <laughs> I think I did call it the nerd version. I like it. And it's, I agree it's with stuck. it. It's stuck. Yeah. Um, definitely would apply it maybe more to riggers, but also gives like some culture to velocity. To, uh, shows a little bit of the factory, um, the rig, functionality, the process of it being made, and then talks a lot about the Mart and then the three-minute version. Um, just maybe a quicker video that people can knock out. I'm a little biased to these videos because Nick made them and I'm in them, um, but... Really, no Mart has ever come out with a release video much like this. Sure. And this is the first time I've seen any promotional video for the Mart that takes this level of information out there. Other ones have put yeah. some, but the nerd version takes it to the next level. Totally. Which I think it was necessary. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm hoping. Uh, I'm hoping at PIA somebody can show up and do a good. What's it called? Seminar. Yeah. Uh, uh, like on how to pack an infinity and include the marred information See, in it. The thing with PIA though is like it, it can't be biased towards a certain company, so we're gonna have to try to tweak that in a way so it applies to different manufacturers. No, there's seminars that are specifically how to pack a javelin, how to pack a vector, how to pack an infinity. Last year in Dallas, I took my 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 uh, quilted infinity yeah. to Dallas uh, just so Sonic could do a how to pack an infinity seminar. It was specifically an infinity? Yes. I had missed that. How to pack an infinity is the name of it. And uh, he adjusted my main, my reserve closing loop. Um, um, and, it, and it looked really good. Uh, Sonic has a great pack job. And I want to, I got to pause for one second. Sonic at, at the Ranch Pro Shop yeah. is the bomb. Um, so this. Hello, Sonic. One of the things that's a big deal to Infinity or, or to Velocity Sports Equipment and the owner, Kelly, is that this Mart is free. Safety is priceless, but it shouldn't come at a cost. Yeah, we've never charged for a safety option, and yeah. uh, it's not going to start now. So let's, let's uh, Nick, let's go ahead and charge Kelly for all the time we use <laughs> to make this. No, man, <laughs> Kelly got a great hookup on the work as far as the test jumper's time, the rigger's time, the equipment. Yeah. And, and I do. I want to show out, throw out a little bit of love to some of these guys, and I'm going to start with So because Kelly saved all this money, it's part of the reason he can do it for free, and Sonic is at the top of that list. Nick and I led that test team together, and Kelly sent me a rig, and the next day I had a chest-mounted reserve from the baser system uh, that was tied to that rig, and Sonic was a huge, huge help to make sure this happened. We took longer in testing than we wanted to, and Sonic, was, he, he gave me no questions, no quarrels. He, he did not care one bit. The reserve was a little loose on me because it was built for Sonic, and him and I have different <laughs> You're saying ranges. You're saying there was maybe a little bit of uh, belly holding that reserve? I'm where, saying where there's a lot of Sonic to love, and there's a lot of love in Sonic. Dude, Sonic's such a great dude. He was I one of the very it. first people who uh, I knew in the world of like dealers and skydiving, and I had had a few conversations with him online, or I guess just like on uh, on like Skype phone chats. 
And I thought that he was like a 25-year-old dude the first <laughs> couple of times that I yeah, talked bro. to him. And then this was before I showed up at Spaceland. So this is, you know, uh, must have been more than eight years ago. And uh, when I did show up to Spaceland, uh, Ori Cooper had a good relationship with him. And I walked in on Ori having a video conversation with him. And I, I heard his voice and I recognized the voice. So I went over to say hello. And, man, he is a very, uh, he's a mature fella. Who's super like super connected to the the world of skydiving? Very enthusiastic. And didn't, didn't, super enthusiastic. Great energy. Super helpful. Good energy. Good, uh, like super good guidance too. Like uh, you can tell the guidance that isn't driven by uh, by sales and is way more driven by like just trying to give people good advice. Yeah, he wants I, I, you to be stoked uh, on your gear. Yeah, sure. but I like Sonic a whole bunch. But he he was a big help in getting the uh, that that Tersh rig for the for the yeah. Mart system. He was, and I I for do the want. Test rig. I don't want to take away what you just said. He's a huge help. F- find the Ranch Pro Shops Facebook page. Uh, he does tips from Sonic or some ta- what I forget what he calls them. But he's always got all sorts of cool tips, whether it's about helmets, audibles, gear, whatever. And it is occasionally wearing only uh, underpants. Uh, banana pants. Yeah. Banana hammocks. Banana, yep. Beautiful. Yeah, man. Sonic makes me... It, I forget. We were doing a show somewhere something, and I threatened to take some clothes off. Oh, we were at, we were at uh, P- PD setting up and we did we did our test feed we're like hey yo man we're just telling you guys we're here at pd we're gonna be starting our show soon and that really was a a shout out to the listeners but be a test feed like is this all working and we joked about taking my shirt off and sonic just gave me grief like you can't take your shirt out like sonic i've seen you in your underwear like on the internet it's there so maybe you don't want to follow sonic's page (laughs) yes you you definitely want to yeah He's super cool, man. So, Sonic, thank you so much for all your patience, all your time. Uh, he's super good dude. I actually think he would be a great guy to do the uh, seminar at PIA. And uh, if he'd want to collaborate, I'm sure uh, we had a couple riggers help us out big time. Rory Corgan. Rory. And then Jeremy Carnop actually is one of the owners of Primary Rigging Services. They run the loft at Spaceland Houston. And, and Rory, we really wanted to get Rory in on, on most of the pack jobs and really the lead rigger, but his time, Rory is so spent. He's a busy dude. So uh, Jeremy Carnop really took that mantle on. He did the majority of the pack jobs. He did a lot of the work, did conference call with Kelly to make sure all that information got out there. And I will regularly tell people I feel comfortable with Jeremy and primary rigging, j- packing my reserve, but I think the bigger compliment is he packs my wife's reserve i trust him implicitly with my wife and if you know me i love my wife tremendously there's not like oh back my wife's rig you suck <laughs> no man it, he's a super super good dude and his insight like he didn't just pack he had, had a lot of input and a lot of feedback and like hey these are ways we could improve it or ways that i think it's good he, he came with pros and cons so he did a really yeah. really nice job uh rory corrigan helped with some of those pack jobs uh, also test jumps uh, a guy named Jeff Witt, who actually, Jeff Witt was probably the biggest freaking bonus we ever got. Jeff Witt, number one, had some free time because he was in town. But number two, our first cutaway for the test series, we spotted to be on the DZ using spot assist and everything to know where our cutaway would go. What we didn't count on is we had a perfectly fine canopy, so when we cut it away, it stayed inflated. When it landed, it looked almost like if I looked up and saw the shape of the camp it was on the ground, I probably would have actually still kept it, done a practice learn, opened up the rest of that one incel. Not joking. It was almost completely rectangular. I have pictures of it. Crazy. Yeah, I think we miscalculated where it would land by about two miles on that first jump. More than that, that right? maybe, yeah. Because it stayed inflated. It stayed in the winds, and it went forever. 
Dude, Nick and I went out with a drone to find it, and had we turned the drone or like we're like, there's no way it's past this. We only scanned back to the DZ, and had we just done a 180 with a drone, it was what a few hundred feet from us. It was really close. I mean, but it was still definitely on the opposite side of where we said, okay, there's no way it's farther than yeah. this. Did you guys have a GPS tracker? Not yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is what inspired the yeah, GPS like, tracker. Guys are using one of those. We didn't. We didn't start with that. It would have been cool, <laughs> but we spent. I don't know how many hours walking and searching for the cutaways before uh, before we Dude, discovered I that that was a thing. Ten miles that one day, Whew. that one day because said and done when we found it, the access to it was through like a bunch of berms and little levee systems for all the flooded fields out here. Yeah. So it just took forever to get to that. Used to be Riley Marshall's old canopy. So oh, trash. Yeah. That thing. <laughs> it's, tra- it's not. It's uh, she <laughs> she donated because it, it was no longer airworthy. And no there one ever uh, no one ever landed that parachuting all of the the test jumps so perfect it just got chopped a bunch yeah it's it's i don't know if she's ever landed it since she heard it was airworthy she actually gave me grief when after she heard me jump and they told me it's not airworthy uh i didn't land it so (laughs) it uh it, it never happened we we overestimate the first one i forget where i was at but thank god everything stayed together 100% capture rate was super huge it's a free mard it is an inspectable window. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are asking a lot of questions, and I want to give a little bit of an education on MARD. Main assisted reserve deployment is what Nick calls it. I'm going to put my phone on Do Not Disturb because it's blowing up. Uh, main activator, main assisted reserve deployment. The main acts like a super pilot chute. Yep. The main and reserve stay together. We talked about the capture rate. Man, what was where was I about to go with that? Sorry, that's why I turned my phone on Do Not Disturb because that was a lot of stuff I actually need to pay attention to and it got my brain going 20 miles an hour. So all this stupid uh, E. coli outbreak, is that what we're going with now? Are we, uh, are we talking about coronavirus? Coronavirus, so? yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm getting alerts and things are canceling left yeah, and right. I don't feel like, yeah, I feel like we didn't uh, we didn't fully we didn't discuss finish the rest of that conversation. We got stuck on the Blake working at Infinity and VSC. Um, do check out Infinity's Rig, VelocityRigs.com. You can see that three-minute teaser. It is one of the best teasers out there you've seen. It's super informational. The long version is how many minutes, Nick? Uh, I think it's just over seven, maybe seven and a half. Seven and a half. I'm looking right now. Seven minutes and 22 seconds. Super good, the nerd version. Watch. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's a, a lot better. It, it was kind of Kelly's explanation of... Kelly's a nerd, and I mean that in the most endearing sense of the word. He's a really smart guy who yeah, has thought of, uh, the you know, Arguably the, the best way to make this sort of a thing work. Yeah. And so I took his verbal explanation that honestly at the time that he was giving it to me in the interview, I didn't fully understand everything that he was telling me because I hadn't really seen it in action. And I had, you know, close to 8,000 jumps at this point. I don't have any, you know, marred cutaways, but I've seen enough uh, reserves be repacked and seen how uh, a marred works that I should have had a better understanding than I did. But because it's complex... Uh, it's hard for a lot of people to understand. So he gave me a really good explanation. I broke it down visually to a way that I think most people can uh, can really understand. And that, whether it makes you want to jump with a MARD more or less, I don't think really matters uh, to anyone other than the person who's jumping that MARD, but just to let people make informed decisions, yep. I think that's that's the goal. One of the things, I remember where I was at now before COVID-19 hit my phone. Um First of all, Nick, just hit nail on the head, that nerd version, we keep calling it the nerd version. I think you did such a great job making the nerd version understandable by most jumpers and most people. So you might have to watch parts a couple of times, but it is super informative and educational. 
But some questions that we've already been addressing online, people say, well, if your main activates your reserve, what if you have a total malfunction? That's a fair question. You don't know much about the MARD system. It's, it's learning. Gear is still new for a lot of you. All MARDs on the market are designed, if you have a total malfunction, the reserve will fire straight. We did four jumps at terminal velocity, Nick just said. We did four jumps sub-terminal. It was less than 60 knot airspeed to actually leave. So we have a really slow opening. Mm -hmm. um, it, it works completely fine. We did four jumps with a MARD disconnected, which means that's slower than sub-terminal. I mean, cut away from a canopy and fire your reserve. And Nick saw one that you probably thought I had an RSL. I fired it quick enough. Yeah, it didn't look all that different than. Uh, yeah. <laughs> than uh, yeah, I, I guess I would I would have assumed it was an RSL cutaway yeah. if you didn't tell me. The first time we did the uh, disconnected RSL, I had both handles peeled and primed, so when I cut away, I was able to follow through quickly. He was a little nervous. Let's just. So well, he was ready. I wanted the uh, so one of the question marks that comes out there is there's more there's been mards on the market on the market. Then when you have these super, super slow reserve fires, you cut away from your main, your reserve pilot chute fires, and the MARD can lag the release of the pilot chute. And Kelly was super insistent that we actually look at that, and I, I agreed with him. So that really quick one is, I am scared. I will not deny that <laughs> one bit. Sure. But it was prime because I wanted the slowest possible airspeed, drop rate, anything, because I wanted to see, and you probably remember when we landed, I wanted to see that bridle extension over and over again. And there is zero lag I, on no, that bridle. I, I do remember you saying. I yeah. remember that it's happening. Like less than an ounce of pressure. And that's exactly it. Yep. Less than an ounce. It's uh, not pounds. Nothing. Ounce. ounce. Less than an ounce of pressure for yeah. that to disconnect. And that's super important. And that's super cool that it's got such a good decision making process that it's super light to disconnect. Mm -hmm. But once it captures, it's good to go, man. It is. Kelly explains it, and I'm not going to get into this words, but more as an air, a mechanical MARD versus an aerodynamic MARD. It's a little bit more of a thoughtful MARD or an intelligent MARD. I don't think he uses those words. But based off his description, Nick, would you say those are reasonable? I think we should call it the I-MARD. The I-MARD. I-MARD. <laughs> God. Oh, I hate you now. I absolutely there was know. someone on Facebook today. I was like, what are you guys going to call it? It's Maybe the MARD. The I-MARD. <laughs> the I-Mart. No, it's the Infinity uh, Mart. Well, well I-Mart! Oh, oh still, my still God! The I -Mart. Still the I-Mart. God, all right. All <laughs> right. Nick, you win. Maybe. Oh. I mean, you, you win the naming you, contest. You called it the Intelligent Mart. I just I just called it what it was. But no, I think uh, Kelly's perspective on you know why they didn't come with a, a Mart to the market right away I think is pretty fair, that he didn't want to... I mean, you can tell he's a very integrity-driven person and someone who's not excited about buzzwords or fads or trends that he wants to feel really good about whatever it is he's bringing to the market totally. and that it's not just the same thing that everybody else is doing that it's as good as it can be and that it serves a, a legitimate purpose and i feel like uh i feel like this mar does accomplish all that stuff yeah i mean he wasn't going to put anything out that wasn't perfect um and definitely took the time that he needed and i don't have a problem with that i'm stoked that it's out i'm stoked that it's it's where it's at and I, I, it's super successful. I mean, 100% yeah. capture rate, that makes me feel so good that we're putting something out. I, I wish he pulled it out earlier, but I'm glad he waited to make it right. I've spent multiple days with Kelly playing with Amard. I've spent multiple days going over thought processes. Uh, some of those days trying to break it. I want this thing to fail was our goal. Um, I want this thing to create issues was our goal during yeah, some of those days together. Best test jumping. And, uh, well, just with Kelly and I, an early just even thought processes. And then in, in the test jumping, 
We uh, Nick and I got really lucky to do one of the craziest things ever. I showed you video of, oh, you've seen video of us in a uh, wind tunnel with a rig. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So we were really curious about what would happen without a sequence deployments and how the MARD would interact with that. So we've done testing. There's no out of sequence deployment testing by the FAA for a MARD because it's really a stupid thing. Like you're going to kill yourself if you test that way. Right. Um, out-of-sequence deployments can be very, very dangerous, but we were able to use wind tunnels and some access through some very great friends to help us get that access and, and test it in any way we could. So it, it's it's a very well-thought-out MARD, a very well-done MARD. Uh, some of the lag of about six months of those is my schedule and Nick's schedule not being able to finish the test jump, so I will take a little onus on that. You're, you're looking at me going, like, yeah, I know I poked you at you son once. Son of a... Hey, you poked, and you poked good, didn't did. you? Yeah. So, Kelly, you hear that? This boy right here is the one who helped get this finished. Just saying. Give the man a raise. Oh, yeah. Give the man a raise. Give me a plug like that. <laughs> Y'all do. Uh, I've seen what you've done at Infinity, bro. So let's get back to Infinity for one second, man. You, you, you've got a really excited mind. I, I really uh, will be happily say this at the end, but at the beginning when uh, Riley left, I was heartbroken because I love Riley. She was doing She's a great awesome. job. No doubt. And I'm like, who's going to replace her? This is not like you cannot replace Riley. And I still believe you can't, but whoever is going to replace her is not going to, they're not going to live up to her, who's, man. Who's Riley? I don't know. Oh, man. you you mean old Blake? Uh, old Blake, <laughs> yes. old B, old Blake, hey, yo, old Blake and old Jesse, y'all uh, making out still? Uh, Jesse is Bo's replacement. Everybody at PD or around Blank calls him New Bo. Yeah. So we started calling Bo old Jesse instead. Old Jesse and old Blake. That's who those are. And I did recently start calling uh, old Jesse just OJ. OJ, that's which right. I like a lot. OJ and uh, OB. I'll take but. Dude, you have done a phenomenal job Thank you, man. from an athlete's perspective because I, I do have to deal with you. I get to deal with you. I <laughs> have, have to, to deal, deal with you. Um, social media, I was really scared. She's it's great. Tough, dude. Yeah. I mean, social media in general is... I You're mean, doing a good job. Thank you. God, it's, it can be a pain sometimes. But what do you struggle with social media the most? Creativity, man. I mean, it's, it's hard when you know you need to have a post out. Um, posting consistently, but you don't want it to be dry. You know, you want to capture people. Um, you want... Cool comments, cool descriptions, whatever. Um, so creativity can be hard, but um, when athletes can get you sick photos, it makes my life way easier. Man, how hard can that be sometimes? Sometimes it's pulling teeth. Sometimes like, hey man, haven't heard from you in a while. What's up? And then other there's other people that are really good about giving me updates, giving me content, um, which helps a lot, and it's nice. Super helpful. Nick and I both do with a little bit of social media between Space and Gravity Lab, the stuff we do with those. And man, what what's the hardest part for you? Uh, yeah, getting getting content. I mean, it's it's a lot easier to share something when you have a pile of stuff to to share from. Yeah. So I think that that's super good advice for anyone who's uh you know a sponsor to support an athlete from any company, or you're interested in being a sponsor to support an athlete from any company. Send them pictures. Put all put some great pictures of you or great pictures that you've taken into a Dropbox link. Reach out, say, hey, I know you guys are looking for social media content, so I wanted to share some with you. And whether you've already got a relationship or you're looking to start one, I think that would go a long way. What do yeah. you What do you think? Yeah, if you want to get sponsored, uh, start sending me photos. <laughs> <laughs> if I sent you 50 pictures this year of different shots in skydiving, some on the ground, some in the sky. Yeah. If I sent you 50 pictures, I'm nobody. You've never heard of me. You don't know who I am. You'd be on the radar, dude. You'd, you'd put yourself huge, in yeah, absolutely. right? Huge. Uh, it, it's amazing how many people will come to the table for sponsorship and just want something for nothing. Sure. Uh, Nick, I actually want to talk uh, 
Blake, I was going to call you Jesse. Blake and I were talking the other day about uh, sponsored athletes' behaviors. Mm. Okay. And something I've always wanted to put together is a video of how sponsored athletes should... Uh, good expectations. <laughs> it sounds like a fun thing to do of like to show the wrong way that most people do it. Like, you know, I walk up to your desk at, at Velocity Sports and say, yo, man, do you know who I am? You should totally sponsor me. And, the <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then do it the opposite way of showing, you know, sending a nicely worded email. Talk about some of your accomplishments to skydiving. Maybe mention your social media following. Maybe send some pictures you've taken or pictures of you. Totally. And so that might be fun to show the, the right yeah. and wrong ways to, to go about such a thing. So... I've started and Nick's kind of joined the little mafia of Gravity Lab Media Group. We just don't know what we're doing with this name yet. It's yeah, just I a like fucking it, cool ass name. What, what, I about, would what about Glurm? Glurm. Gravity well, Lab Radio Media. Glurm. 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 Um, so gra- I have Gravity Lab Media and Gravity Lab Media Group.com's already owned. So um, you can go with either one of those. Um, but I, dude, it would be super cool to like get people like Blake in sponsorship roles, get athletes like us who are in, in the other end of it, and kind of get clips from all these people over the next how many ever months that we see all these cool people and put a video out there just just to help people. And I think I'd, I'd ask Blake, if you could point a video out to some people that they could just watch, what would you do? He'd trip over it. Yeah, it'd be nice. I mean, I think a huge thing uh, getting people sponsored is creating a culture behind your company. It's like, cool, I do this and this and this and this. It's like, yeah, but what do you offer and what can you, like, how are you going to help bring the company to the next level and creating a culture that other people will vibe with? I mean, and not not everybody, if you have, like, these accolades and you're this good of a skydiver, you still might not be a good fit for the company. So creating that culture is, I think, is huge for me. And, yeah, if we had that video where you're like, hey, you vibe with this, check out this video. If not, it's all good. I think it would be super helpful, too, for new jumpers who want sponsorships. Totally. Give them the idea. Show them what's up. What do I have to... Have you ever heard the comment, like, well, what do I have to do? What do I need to do? Absolutely. It's like, hey, man, sorry, this isn't going to work out. Um, You know, be patient. And it's like, okay, well, what do I need to do? It's like, all right, well... This and this and I this heard and the this voice. This. I heard the voice. Dude, <laughs> right? It's there, man. So I'll tell you to Google for now. This is by far the best thing out on the market. It is absolutely stellar. How to win and keep skydiving sponsors. Go to dropzone.marketing. I haven't looked at that. Dropzone Marketing. Uh, the article's name is How to Win and Keep Skydiving Sponsors by uh, Amy Shimlecki. Uh Nick will throw a link out on our on our page, but it is it is a killer article. Uh, there's a gal who runs a YouTube channel called Skydive Vibes, and she recently said how to get uh, sponsored and not be a skydiving pro. And one of the first things she said in her speech was, they are paying you with gear. Yeah. You have a job. What do they want out of you? To sell product. You are a salesperson. If you're not out there promoting the brand, if you're not out there promoting the business, then what do you deserve, right? Like, hey, Nick. I just gave you a new job. Do I give you a check first or do you work first? I should probably put in some hours before I expect a check. That's pretty fair. Dude, man, like the sponsorship's not going to be as big as you want when you first enter on, man. None of the sponsorships, like I would love to get paid as an athlete in skydiving. That really doesn't happen. Man, getting a good discount in skydiving is a huge, huge deal, man. So be out there. Put yourself on the front line. Start tagging the companies you want to be sponsored by. Start giving them media. Start giving them content. Build a relationship because ultimately 
the best thing that could ever happen to you is Blake sends you an email like, hey, bro, I really appreciate everything you've done. I'd like to offer you a sponsorship. You should never, almost all my sponsors either approached me at some point because I had been dealing with them long enough, or when I approached them, they said, we've been waiting. How long was it going to take for you to ask? So, man, make them ask you, and I bet you you'll get the world. Totally. I've been a test jumper recently for you guys. It started by being a sponsored athlete, and I give Kelly anything and everything he really wants. Um, I will be honest, I'm not the best with social media, but other than that, I do a lot of other things. Um, everyone brings something different to the table, so it's hard to yeah. like expect the same from each sponsored athlete. Yeah. Like some are going to kill it at social media, some are going to go organize. Um, Some's gonna be miles. <laughs> some some people are miles Dacer, dude. That guy, I love that guy. Oh, he's a whirlwind. He's like the Tasmanian devil from Idaho. Yeah. You know, like we were just talking about PIA. He just yeah. comes in and takes over LB. Yeah, you were there for Miles Day, weren't you? Gosh, I sure saw him there. Okay, th- that was the th- only th- day we had him there. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, LB altimeters flew miles in for the day. Like we had him there that day. He crashed that oh, night. Oh yeah, yeah, now I remember hearing that story. Yep. Yeah, it was a good time, dude. It, w- it was a lot of silly fun. So I, I forget how we got to that sponsorship idea, but what else are you doing at Infinity? Uh, rig design. Um, Dude, the first time you sent me rig design, I was like, ah, the second thing you showed me, oh, my God. You're getting it. You're crushing it, dude. Thank you, man. Yeah, I mean, it, every, it, it's fun bringing someone's ideas to fruition, uh, whether it's like, hey, here's a picture of some trees. Like someone just sent me... Um, like I want something that's like inspired by the Northwest, and he sent me like a picture of a Sasquatch and then some trees. And I was like, all right, dude, yeah, I'll, I'll put something together. Um, or like the jellyfish rig that we just did, that was a sick one. We shared that one on our uh, yeah on our Facebook page. Yeah, Brittany was at uh, Brittany Masterson. Uh, Masterson. Yeah, we did the jump together. Uh, this oh, week. Nice, dude. She was stoked on that, and it looks so good. <laughs> that rig is awesome. Oh, it's it's awesome seeing that in the sky. Dude, that's crazy, too. Uh, how crazy does it feel to to have people feel stoked to jump with you? So good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's dude, you're a great dude. This I've is really the one that I have up right here? Yeah, that's yeah, a that jellyfish. One. I've loved getting to know you. I think we've really gotten a uh, better friendship through this week of you being at the house. Totally. Um, but it, it's still funny to see people get stoked on jumping with you and knowing <laughs> that, like, dude, you got, what, 450-ish jumps? Yeah, right, yeah. yeah right you're doing that. a great job, man. You're crushing the Thank sport. You. It, but, dude, where are you going to be in 10 years from now? That's who they want to jump with. Sure. <laughs> right? Not this guy. Sure, sure. And if, if I want to jump with you right now. Let's I want to jump you right Night now. Night jumps pyro tonight? Sure. Two-way. That's After the formation leaves. <laughs> There's going to be some bombs left over. Dude, there... Oh, my God. There's a lot. We made so many. <laughs> that sounds like a real blast. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to blow any joke. smoke there. Oh, oh my, my God. God. You're lighting <laughs> up tonight. <laughs> just trying to spark up a good conversation. Okay, I can't You're handle it. You're on fire. <laughs> Sorry, I know that burns a little bit. Oh man! Oh my. <laughs> so I, what Shut was, what did you tell me earlier that I said Nick was gonna love? Oh, dude, guess so. They have all these great. Oh, the, the, go ahead. They have all this great information. <laughs> on I don't want to know from you, DJ. I'm not gonna say it. Like the the article. It's not an article. The article. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> I really like that a whole yeah, that's lot. A good one. Yeah, dude, it was so. Can awesome. we just talk about puns for a while? Go we for it. Keep making some. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give me a topic. Potatoes. Mm, you're my best buddy. <laughs> that was good. Oh, come on. That was great. On the All spot, right. that was pretty good. Oh, are, are we ma- sorry. I'm just okay, we'll, we'll just mash the whole thing. Never mind. <laughs> you you had to work a little bit hard for potatoes. I mean, you put me on the spot. I thought, best, I thought, I thought best buddy was pretty good. 
<laughs> no, I, I thought it was pretty decent as well. So how we didn't get to any of your story about how you got started in skydiving. What uh, what took you for jump number one? I mean, I did a tandem for, I think it was like uh, my birthday and my friend's birthday. Kind of delayed present to ourselves. Just Googled skydiving in Oregon and was like, oh, what? There's one like a half hour away. Happened to be, I mean, right down the street from Velocity. Um, did a tandem and... I feel like a lot of people's stories go this way. I was booked my AFF the next weekend, and mm-hmm. the rest is history. What was the name of the drop zone you started at? Skydive Awesome. Skydive Awesome. They yeah. were, were, were they in a different spot when you jumped there the first time? Yeah, so they started in Sisters. Right um, by the DZ. Uh, right, yeah. I mean, right by the air, right by the Infinity. Yeah, right by Infinity. <laughs> right by right the, by the, the like, DZ was right by the yeah. DZ. <laughs> Literally right down the road. And I, I mean, I didn't know it at the time, which is hilarious. Yeah. Um, and then they moved up to Madras. Which is uh, honestly it was better for skydivers. I mean, bigger landing area. The airport was way more accommodating. Um, the winds were way better um, up north. So they moved up there and they were there for like three seasons. And uh, they're still up there, which is rad. Um, but yeah, that's where I started Skydive Awesome. So you were born in Oregon? I was born in Oregon, grew up in Salem. Uh, graduated college, went to Hawaii for a little bit. Rainbow! And then, dude, yeah, U of H. And then the mascots are rainbow. Yeah, the bows. The bows. <laughs> did they still have? When I grew up there, there was a big muscular-looking dude with a rainbow for a head, kind of like the Chargers. Yeah, I don't. Think I'm gonna find him right now. Yeah. <laughs> that does not. I might. Familiar. I might be explaining it wrong because this was back in the '80s, and my memory from the '80s is I'm pretty sure it's just a rainbow. Yeah, I. Re- no. I want to remember there was a dude running around with a rainbow head. So, <laughs> hang on. You you got, we got some oh, stuff here. Well, yeah, that does not look familiar. Is this your guy? <laughs> that doesn't. Look that right. would not have been my guy, but that does look familiar yeah, from that, a day and age. That's familiar. That's yeah. it. I mean, I just typed in University of Hawaii mascot. Yeah, I, I yeah, I wonder what Th- it, is that. Not what's on the football helmet? No, just the H. Yeah. I mean, he looks like a little bit of like a super gay warrior football player. Is that not? Is that not him? You don't see any other p- any other yeah. pictures here, DJ, that are ringing a bell. N- the dude, nah. that's got to be the Rainbow Warriors. That's not it. That's I mean, that very well could be it, man. Right. This right says now? 1974 University of Hawaii football. Yeah, and that's I'm looking it up right now, like what years I was there and what the logo was that year. And no, that must no. There we go. It was the UH Rainbow, is what it was. I'm mixing up the Charger guy and that. The just the Rainbow. The UH Rainbow. Yeah, that's an old logo. Yeah, that's that's when that's what it was when I was there. Uh, Nick, you're on it. Vintage. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. Vintage. Yeah. Fuck you. Well, well, that's <laughs> an old logo, man. Why you gotta call me vintage, so bro? You yeah. went to school there just for a year. A little lived there for a little over a year, and then uh, came to Bend. Finished up at uh, Oregon State University. OSU. Yep. Beavers. The Beavers. Yeah. I grew up like loving the Ducks too, which is kind of funny that I ended up going to OSU. So how do you feel about the Ducks now? Uh, I don't know who the Ducks are. I don't honestly. I don't follow them at all. You don't like care. Anymore. Are we talking about the Mighty Ducks? Who are we talking about? No, man, not the Mighty. Dude, ducks. I I don't know sports. The I Oregon need... Ducks. Yeah. Who are they? Green and yellow. Really? Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, University of Oregon, right? Oregon. U of O. U of O. Yep. U of O. Uh, um, I wouldn't know who the Ducks were, but I got a good buddy who is like the biggest Ducks fan, and I will never hear the end of it. if the Ducks win anything. I yeah. I hear it nonsense. My grandpa so. loved it. We did like have us over. We just watch the football yeah. games. So uh, the the uh, U of H. So what did you go to school for though? What did you business? Business. Yeah. You got your degree in business. Yep. Bachelor's of Science. Um, and then man, when I was done, I was like, oh, that makes back. things make a lot more sense. So we we 
uh, what do you mean? You and I have been hanging out for the last few days. Yeah. Not completely because we get to the DZ and go our separate ways, but sure. we've had a lot of personal time. And in my brain, you're a sales and marketing guy. Yeah. And you do a really good job of that. But you talk a little bit about daily operations of the business. Sure. You talk about uh, daily business management kind of ideas. Mm-hmm. And you have really sound ideas. Oh, you have really you. sound things where I'm like, dude, this guy's really smart. Oh, you have a degree in it. You better be. Well, <laughs> I'd say you better be smart, but plenty of people have degrees who aren't very smart. Yeah. So and I just it just makes your mindset make a little bit more sense for me. Sure. So um, why Ben? You grew up in Salem. It's on the west side. It's in the valley, right? Yeah. So Salem's in the valley. And then Bend is in central Oregon in the high desert. Um, honestly, there's just so much to do there. There's so many outdoor activities. Uh, every snow sport, skiing, snowboarding, um, rock climbing. There's the Three Sisters, Bachelor, Broken Top, God, all within like 20 minutes of you. And then there's Three Finger Jack, Mount Washington, Mount Hood, uh, Jefferson, all within like 45 minutes. So, I mean, you're surrounded by this range of mountains and there's so much to do out there. Hood River is Hood an hour red. and a half maybe. Yeah. And dude, like I did not realize how windy it was through the river gorge yeah. there until I got Wind over the mountain. Yeah, everyone's out there. It looked like an LA trap, like freeway yeah, dude, bumper so to many. bumper, dude. It was nuts, man. Yeah. It's actually one of the places where we were peeking at is Hood River area to, to retire to. For sure. It's a beautiful area. It's not cheap. Hood no. River's not. Neither is Bend. No, it's Bend not. Is crazy. I live in a dude. converted garage. <laughs> dude, I'm telling you, man, that place you told me to check out, Pacific City. Pacific City's rad, dude. There's some places around there are really legit. There's a guy that was here recently. Um, gosh, Flores. Remember Flores, Nick? Yeah, organizing with Tex. Yeah, yeah. He lives actually. Uh, I want to say it's south of Medford, maybe in Medford. I'm not like I have a friend who li- the the Ducks fan. He lives in Medford, and he's trying his best to convince me not to move to Medford. Which I'm like, I I'll take your word on it. But this other town south of there, he is. I've looked into it since Flores uh, told me about it, man. I, I've collected names of places to move on my phone, like just south of Medford. Yeah, I think it's south. It might be Ashland. North. Yeah, Ashland is super pretty, dude. It's really nice. Not the cheapest place either, but that's yeah. Oregon in a nutshell. Yeah, dude. This recession is gonna help me out. Sure, just wait and fucking <laughs> buy, dude. What city dude. are we talking about in Oregon right now? Because I'm looking at aerial shots from Bend. I mean, Bend is awesome. You can just keep showing shots. Oh, dude, I love that shot right there. That's right where Nick, uh, Valerie, and I stayed right near there. Is that what you were saying, where Nick and I stayed? Yeah, yeah my I other love, girlfriend. I love that you confuse me with your wife. Dude, Valerie teases me. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's like Old Mill District. I remember seeing that Old Mill. I remember Kelly yeah. took me to, to that to that spot. It's that's cool, across like, big concerts <coughs> that are going on, and you can like get in your whether it's like your paddleboard or kayak, and then go down and instead of buying a ticket to the concert, you just float down and. What's the prettiest listen. time of year for someone to come visit Oregon? Let's are say that I'm thinking about moving there. Are you a snow person? Yeah, I, I mean, I am. Uh, then winter. I mean, I would say February. Okay, usually. sell me on the winter package. Sell me on the summer package. I want to hear both. Okay. We so come up. I visit. It's winter time. Smith Rock. Oh, God. God dang. Smith Rock is rad. Dude, you're taking a week off when I come up to visit. Um, Sure, man. Tour guy, brother. If you like to rock climb, that's the place. <coughs> Smith Rock is sport climbing mecca. Um, I'd fall off a rock. So I much hiking, climb. so much hiking out in the summer too. I mean, all three sisters are. Uh, you better put that microphone sister. back to your mouth. Sorry, South and Middle <laughs> Sister are super accessible. Um, so is Broken Top. If you're a uh, fishing uh, dude, there's a bunch of fly fishing out there. Uh, mountain biking. Our ski resort turns into a mountain biking resort. Um, oh, that's super cool. cool. Uh, 
Do you ever hike those mountains when it's snowy out? No, the goal for next winter was to speed fly South Sister. Uh-huh. Um, but I haven't done a lot of like alpine climbing. Uh, that's more of a, a summer thing. Uh, you have to get the alpine climbing down to get speed speed flying figured out. Yeah, I mean South Sister's to launch point. South Sister's not too gnarly. Uh, I mean, if you hit it on the right day, I think it, it, it's it's not like the worst hike in the world, um, especially in the spring. It's super easy. Um, but if you're hitting that like in the dead of winter, yeah, that can be a pretty treacherous climb. I've seen a couple spots halfway between Sisters and Ben. I've been—I lo- told you I've been looking at property. I've seen a couple of spots halfway between those two. Man, if this recession knocks down property, because be- dude, the Sisters are in your face. Like you open your door and oh, they're right there. I like love 10, walking out of your shop, dude. Your your office door walks out and stares at Sisters. Yeah, they're Poor right you. there. Poor you. I mean, it is a receptionist door as well. Let's be real. I am, I am a glorified receptionist. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny because uh, nobody visits the factory there. So the front receptionist desk where somebody's got to take packages in is, is the sales me. and marketing desk. Yep. So it works out. It really is a nice little office. Just people come in and give you packages. Totally. So I say hi to the FedEx guy every day. One thing I didn't realize when I was visiting uh, that last trip, that the only trip, when I came back, I started doing more research. Valerie and I went there with the idea of, like, we want to retire here. So we've been told because of the things we like. And we went there to investigate. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the people are as beautiful as the place, number one. Like, yeah. I do the, or, or, or. How do you say it? Oregonians? I f- Oregonians. Oregonians. <laughs> I, I forget what I said. At some or Oregonians. Oregonians. Yes, that's right. Oregonians. Um, I found out after I left. God, Speed look flying. how crazy. Sorry to interrupt. Dude, look, look how beautiful these shots are. What's the, where's that? This is, they say it's in Sisters. Three Sisters Loop. Is that a thing? I can't tell what that is. That's the middle that sister right there. You don't recognize that middle sister? That's North. There it is. Dude, such a beautiful sight, man. The drive from Salem area, is that where I drove from to Yeah, uh, yeah the drive sisters? from Salem to Central Oregon is probably, that's like my favorite drive. So like visiting family, it's not that bad. Yeah. I love that drive. That drive is Going difficult because you need to watch the road. And you can't watch the road. See, on that's when I wish I had your Mustang, dude. Those roads are so windy. But I wouldn't be watching the. I'd be. I'm so busy when I'm driving down the road, just staring at Mother Nature. I'm so yeah. lost. And yeah, I'd probably enjoy having my car there during the summer. No. I'm sure Kelly goes and rips his little Scirocco up through there, dude. Neck and dick road. He ripped up that. He ripped it up in that Scirocco in November on those snowy roads. Oh God, that was exciting. <laughs> Did it get loose at all? I mean, he was getting pretty loose. The car was pretty stuck to the road, but he was he was opening up real good. Man, it's so fun because you get Kelly to cars or airplanes, and that boy lights. Oh yeah, up, dude. We'll talk about that. I love both things, so I'm I'm never mad at hanging out with Kelly about cars or airplanes. Let's say I have a fantasy about working for a uh, skydiving manufacturer, manufacturing company, and gosh, I really love Central Oregon. Do you guys? Uh, you guys offering any jobs right now? We are actually hiring right now. Are you really? Yes. <laughs> I was full of shit. I, I was like, have you, did, our, did you see our Facebook post? No. Yeah. Was there really one? Yeah. Oh. Straight up. Uh, we are hiring. We're looking for uh, a rigger right now. Oh, for a rigger. So, so what, what what would a rigger be doing there? Uh, Other so than the obvious rigging. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the obvious rigging. Yeah. Uh, pack, packing some rigs. What else? Uh, final inspection would be huge. Um, and then helping out on the production floor, whether it's I guess it would kind of depend on the experience the rigger has, mm-hmm. but final inspection, maybe some harness work, um, possibly assembly, which is kind of the station that would come right after binding tape. Mm-hmm. 
um, binding. So I can imagine we're, we're, we start with cutting. Cutting and embroidery. Cutting embroideries first, mm-hmm. and then tapes after that. And then pre-sew. So uh, awesome employee, uh, mm-hmm. Susan, uh, pre-sews uh, parts together with center flap. Uh, reserve flap. Is that by the binding station? I'm just trying to... Yeah, it's right next to it. Okay. And then she passes it on to Sam. And Sam puts on the binding tape. And then Sam also does assembly right now. And then it <coughs> bumps to harness. Which, which is... Harness goes to the... By your office. Obviously. Harness is right next to mine. I, okay. I yeah. don't want to know where it's at. I want to know the I'm process. just trying to... I'm trying to... Not everybody's been there. They don't Shut care. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. Cutting, pre-sew, binding, assembly, harness. Final inspection. And you're looking for a master rigger to do this role? Uh, I think master rigger would be awesome, but uh, we're, we're looking for a rigger. Um, <coughs> I think senior rigger uh, would be sufficient, depending on skill level and experience. Do you get to play on any of those sewing machines while you're at work? I have played on them. I Have you made anything? No. No? I haven't made I mean, no. Have you stitched a hole in your pants? Anything? No. I in gave, your hand? I gave my my snow pants to uh, to Sam once, and he he sewed a, a patch onto my snow pants, and that's about it. Your sewing experience is here. Yeah, sew here, this for fix me. this, please. Yeah, I. To be fair, I think you stay pretty busy at work. Yeah, I mean, it, taking on just the reserve handles sometimes can be a bit much, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I make all the reserve handles. That's about all I do in production. So that rigger would be responsible for for those duties, and when he's off work, what would he do? Dude, pff, anything Central Oregon has to offer. Dude, I would I would buy a kayak right away if I moved to Oregon. There's a bunch of rivers to go yeah. up and down and explore. Lakes, ponds, like mm-hmm. not ponds, but lakes. I had no clue paragliding is. Now I actually didn't realize speed flying was a thing there until you just said that. It's not huge right now, but there's so much potential. Me and my buddy Jonah have really been eyeing a few spots, and what an adventure! I mean, to open up spots like that, and I mean, I know people have speed flew uh, South Sister. I don't know if anyone's done Middle Sister. Um, but yeah, paragliding's big out there. Mm-hmm. Um, Pine Mountain is uh, just like 20 minutes uh, east of Bend. That's a super popular paragliding spot. Um, is there any good places to learn to paraglide out there? Pine Mountain. There's a I think oh, what's the place called? Something Owl. I don't know. There's a there's a company out there that uh, will get you certified. Have you do you paraglide at all? I don't. I haven't. Yeah. Not yet. Interested? Absolutely. Not yet. Yeah. You you answered part yet. of it. I've, I have like six speed flights and that's about that's it man i i really want to make where did you learn like speed flying yeah i i I, it's hard to even say learn but my (laughs) buddy daniel has this like 2000 like super super old speed wing and uh there's a gray butte is kind of by a smith rock and he would just kind of go up and be like all right try this try that try that and then just launch cool is it is a white owl white owl yeah that's it white owl boom I wondered if that's where you learned, but I did find their website. No, it wasn't anything like. Leave that tab legit. open when we're done with the day, Nick, because I, I wanted to go learn to paraglide in Moab, Utah is where I'm going to go, just by default for several reasons. Sure, Cloud um, Nine. Cloud Nine, yeah. yeah. I got a bunch of friends out there, friends who offered me to stay there. They highly recommend Steve Mayer and, and that group, Cloud Nine. Totally. Um, but I really want to go to Oregon and. The compromise of going to a different school and a different place to learn, with Oregon being the compromise, <laughs> that's not a hard Well, thing. Pacific City, where you were looking at, yeah, yeah. that's a huge paragliding spot, too. Oh, my God. That's super, super, super That would make popular. sense, because mm-hmm. you got that, that cl- the cliffs with all that lift up. Yeah, off so of the surf isn't always that good because of onshore winds, but it makes paragliding sweet. And I don't then, care about the surf. It's cold. Well, you'll, you should get into it. Yeah. It's fun. I've, I've surfed. I moved from Hawaii and stopped surfing because the water's cold. 
put on a wetsuit, dude. I don't like wetsuits. Yeah. No, I'm more interested in flying things at this point in my life. I, I do like the water, but it's sharky up there. Dude, th- there's sharks and there's like radiation in the water because it's all coming from Japan. I haven't heard that. I mean, we get like runoff. Fukushima, you don't know about this? <laughs> Making it to Oregon Shores? Oh, no. yeah. That's, Dude, that for real, you there. don't know about this? No, don't tell me about this. Dude, I don't so hear there's it. beautiful <laughs> skies that you can speed fly and paraglide in. So I, I really want to make it, and hopefully Nick, will, Nick has left that tab open for me at some point. We'll check it out. Yep, Bend Oregon tandem paragliding. It, White Owl. Dude, it looks so Your paragliding and speed flying specialist. East of the Cascades in Oregon, home for your swing equipment needs. <laughs> So right now the Mart is released. It released today. Boom! This morning. Yeah, today was release day. And I ha- mean, that's what I was doing all morning. Was like I posting, 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 posting. I was gonna say, how was your day after that? <laughs> Dude, I, my phone is still vibrating. I should put this thing on silent. It's just been fucking going off. Now, at, at some point, I said, "Hey, you ready for lunch?" He's like, "Yeah, ten minutes." And I think it was forty minutes later. And you kept trying to get off your computer. I give you super credit for trying. And every time you would go to get off, there was something that relevant enough. And I, I looked at some of it and helped you with one or two answers. I was like, God dang. I'm super excited for the future of Infinity and where you're going. Yeah, me too. It's, uh, the, one of the, my favorite things is, is Infinity used to be, to me, one of the most innovative. First of all, they're the most customizable, most comfortable rig, right? Yep. But Kelly used to be really innovative. And, and he was pushing things here and there and, and making these little changes here and there. Not enough to make you disappointed that you got one, but... Enough that you wanted a new one when you got your next chance. Yeah. And this Mart, I think, is the beginning of Kelly revitalizing that that atmosphere. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of R&D, probably stuff I, I can't talk about right now, yeah. but there's some really cool stuff going on behind the scenes that uh, What if I knew about it? Do you want me to talk sh- about it? No. We'll still get in trouble. I, <laughs> I, I mean, will, you will. I don't know. No, I'll he'll, tell, he'll call you. I will tell <laughs> you this. There are enough seeds planted around the internet that you could probably see and guess and we won't tell you or confirm yeah, it there the the information's out there like if you know you know yeah, yeah. Um, or if you look you can figure it out yeah so you can look you can figure it out on your own but we won't tell you you're right Mm-mm. so he dude he's working on a lot of cool shit yeah i'm super stoked for the next three four years big stuff is going to happen and the mar definitely uh jump starting that wait a minute you guys are hiring a rigger and we're hiring a rigger. And so you're coming out with all these new things, and a rigger could actually get the job and be the guy to help develop yeah. and test. Get and you get to be a part of it. Yeah. Dude, I'm so excited. You and I talked about this a lot. It's the future of Infinity right now is really bright. Mm-hmm. The company is firing back up. Kelly really seems to be revitalized. Um, I really like to think that Riley... You, Nick, uh, all had a huge part of it. I think some of that fresh energy and fresh push, because let's be real, we did a little nudging to Kelly, encouraging totally. him. Appreciate that, Nick. Yeah. Hey, I know how to be an asshole when you need someone to be an asshole. I think I told you to be an asshole on a couple <laughs> of times. Like, <laughs> oh, my. Be an ass right now. By the way, I got to share Jeff, Jeff uh, for one second, Jeff Witt. I was telling he was. Oh, gosh. Yeah, we didn't really finish to that. How yeah. He was a huge part of the project. And I just to interrupt you before you get to yeah. your story. He was super confident and just ready to just do it. Whatever. Like, like the whole like mantra, uh he he would we'd discuss about whatever it was and then he'd just be like, Yeah, it should be should be good. Yeah. So should be good was like the, the theme of every jump that he and I did together. It was great. <laughs> I think he also had done other testing previously. He was a little comfortable with yeah, it. And he's a base jumper, he's builds a, yeah. base gear. He uh we, we had that problem with that main floating away forever, right? Yeah. And we found on our first couple of jumps, see where I went? I knew exactly where you're going back our, to. Our first couple of jumps, we had that problem. The main would not deflate. So it would stay inflated and it would ride Just the winds soar. forever, dude. <laughs> and so Jeff got involved and he goes, Hey guys, 
I'm going to put in my pocket, and, you know, it's cargo pants pocket, a little weight, you know, maybe a couple pounds, pound and a half weight on a carabiner. When I get on a canopy, I'll just clip it to the toggle. And if you watch the intro to the MARD video with me with that unicorn cam, you'll notice it looks like a, like Aaron asked me, what's the extra riser on your left side? It's not an extra riser. Carabiner. It's a couple pound weight. So when we cut away, it literally pulls the toggle down, collapsing the main, and all of a sudden, we started actually landing the fucking canopy on the drop zone. That's awesome. It was it, a th- we didn't we definitely had more misses of yeah, the drop zone sure. than hits, but we did the land the free bag on top of the hangar once, which <laughs> I was pretty proud of. Yeah. I got to catch the main on one jump on the landing area. I I rode a four wheeler out to go where it was to go get the re- free bag. I was going to ride the four-wheel get the free bag. This was disconnected. We were cutting away with no RSL, pulling our reserve, so yeah. it's not going to stay together by design. And as I'm going to get the free bag, I see the main. I'm like, hold on a second. I stop, jump off, run, realize it's further than I have to run. I'm running my ass off, and all of a sudden, I hear this run into my left, and I see Nick, and Nick's running, but just slowing down enough to get the camera shot of me catching it. I think you said you were running after I, it yourself. Yeah, Why didn't well, that I was that running at it's uh, it's in the film a, festival. A different edit. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I bet I can find it. What was that a film festival? Yeah, it was in the film festival edit. Okay, yeah, yeah I bet I can find it. But uh, I was first running to catch it, and then I th- when I saw how close DJ was, I thought about how funny it would be to like tackle him out of the way so he he didn't catch it. And then I saw his determination and realized my camera was still on. And I was like, oh well. I do make videos a lot. I should probably just get the <laughs> shot. But uh, yeah, if, if I, I can, I'll try and look here and see if I can come up with it. But I think you're right. I think that was uh, Film Festival. Speaking of Film Festival, October 17th. That's, guess what that's we're doing. this year? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been doing a lot of planning. Uh, the Rating Center is going to be hosting an accuracy series, accuracy series in Texas. Uh, I'm going to give you a little sneak peek, sneak preview, but we're going to have an accuracy competition in Houston, in San Marcos, in Dallas, winners from each location will be invited to Houston for the finales. Guess who the featured coast of the coach of this series is? Uh, the featured coach. I would yeah. guess that that's Lori. Lori, and we'll talk a little bit Lori more about Padaloka, winner of the PD Bullseye event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk a little bit more about that. We're actually going to have her on again. We're going to talk about her updates in life and what she's doing. The fact that she's got that dope white jersey that Nick Lott happens to be wearing today. I want one. That, uh, dude, not only is that like a sponsored unit jersey hard to get a hold of, they're not making any more. So that one round that went around. Nick, you got the last small, didn't you? I surely did. So All right, uh, Blake, if any, anyone's watching, we're about to see DJ's beautiful catch of that canopy. <laughs> <laughs> so much fun. Nailed it, dude. We we needed. I'm gonna go for the instant replay. Oh man, that was so much fun. But you see, I can't believe that you even caught that weight before it hit the ground. Uh, Nothing could hit the ground. That was the plan. You see this right here, Blake. This is that's the weight right there that we talked about. That's been that was collapsing the canopy so well. He snatches it and then snatches the whole canopy. Yeah, boy, brilliant. (laughs) Call me Randy Moss. Dude, the best part was seeing you run up on me to actually whip out the camera and video it. It was a good moment to share. Ah, oh, dude. The, really, this Infinity Project, we shared a lot of cool moments. We had a lot of good times. And we ate a lot of food. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> ate this. a lot of food. No, we did that recently. Dude, I, I chuckled as I was trying to find the uh, the video, uh, the, this this edit. Uh-huh. I 
Oh, I was scrolling through and found one thumbnail shows Smush. <laughs> uh, another, th- then that's with, uh, God, I don't even know who that's with. Uh, let, me, let me see whose episode this is. Smush is a, uh, oh, so this is with uh, Ivy. That was Ivy's uh, episode. We must have talked about Smush. And then this one up here with Jackson, it shows other... F- I know we talked about food with Jackson, which I'm sure... Because that's when we went to the Waffle Bus. Yeah, Waffle Bus. Yeah, <laughs> that was it. And yeah, there's a bunch of thumbnails of food in, in previous episodes. Yeah, here's Smush again. But uh, yeah, we recently had a very epic cheat day where we went to five different restaurants in one day. You were telling just, me about just this. Just back to back to back. <laughs> the fifth, I'll admit, it was a mistake. <laughs> I think everyone was having fun through the first yeah. four. But uh, the fourth place we went was a donut shop, and I had two donuts. The first one was really reasonable, and the second one, when I picked it up and felt the weight of this super frosted, covered in coconut, and filled with raspberry jelly donut, I was like, oh yeah, this is about to fuck my day up. Which donut was Uh, it? uh, I don't remember the name of it. I'll have to look it up. And you know the name of the place, Voodoo Donuts. Oh, that's right. You guys have a Voodoo Donuts donuts here. So Nick, we got to do, I want to do Mellow Mushroom, Dessert, Dessert. Uh, Star, what's the two dessert places? I want to do Smush again. Yeah, you were telling me you want to switch up the order, right? Smush like and Glaze. Hit, hit dessert before dinner now? Yeah, you want to do dinner, dessert, dessert, dinner? Yeah. Stack the desserts? A, a if you're going to have leftovers, you're going to have leftover pizza. B, for me, I need to put something on top of the sugar or I'm going to like, that's what saved me from feeling like shit that day is we ended with a meal, not like ending idea. with sugar. Because it's two p- smaller desserts. Well, so like smush ice cream, ice cream sandwich, and then glazed donut. Like oh. neither one of those are really small. They're both huge desserts. <laughs> no, well, glaze, uh, glaze is going to be very similar to uh, uh, voodoo. Glaze looks okay. awesome. Hang on, God damn it! Now we're talking about food again. The God, one I'm problem go with glaze is I'm going to go straight like donut, uh, chicken waffles, donut burger sandwich. Words, right? Yeah. They have do, all that do they, stuff. They have that uh, glaze. I thought they did. They might. I'm still trying to look for the name of the donut that I had the other day. It was something cabana that had a little umbrella stuck into the top of it. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Dude, as soon as we wrap, I'm not going to post this. Let's like stop by uh You want to go to Cineholic right now? On the way, oh, my uh, God. Yeah, dude. Have you eaten at Cineholic, Blake? No, oh, it's it. disgusting. It's so yeah. wonderful. I mean, I got to let down, <laughs> though, real quick. But if you say yes, I will God go. God damn it, man. Dude, I, I've, I've shedded all my pounds from the Stuff Your Food dude, Festival I, Me, faced. too. I'm down a couple of pounds. Yeah. I'm down one from where I started that food festival at, so it was a good time. Oh, shit. <laughs> You're going to talk me into it, aren't you? It's what do you think, Blake? Cinnaholic? What does it sound like to you? It sounds like a sugary mess. It is. It's a <laughs> cinnamon roll place where you kind of like build your... Uh, I mean, you don't build it, but you tell them what you want. You choose your frosting type. You choose your, your topping. It sounds like the infinity of donuts. Oh, my God. That's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me choose your yes. toppings. Let me pull up some images for you. God, I typed in a C and it said coronavirus. Probably because I was searching coronavirus. I just sent emails today for some courses and I wanted to put a coronavirus notice in them because like super smart. And uh, I had to like look at what people write and how people say it. And You see in any of these images over here? You see these these custom cinnamon rolls? <laughs> Whoa, yeah. So it's fully Whoa. possible to fuck this up. I just want to share that information with anyone who takes my advice and goes to Cineholic that you can get too much. Mostly you get flavors that clash with each other. Yeah, I'd be so worried about that. I really like a neutral 
a frosting flavor. Like I'll just go with the classic cream cheese, and then I make. Uh, I mean, do they have a standard menu? That sounds smart. They have some. Yeah. Okay, I'll they let do, them they choose do have for some. me. I'll just choose some. But sometimes cream. you see their toppings, and you're like, oh, I want caramel sauce and raspberry jam and some no. pie crumble and some chocolate chips, and that's and oh, and I need sprinkles. This That's is like, lot. so this, I, I have not realized this much information. This is like the uh, Stokoe Creamery of of cinnamon cinnamon. Dude, you guys still have Cold Stone here. Do, yeah, we drove by it. Oh, we my went, God. The other night when we went to Panera yeah. Bread that the, was uh, dead. Yeah, that was weird. Dude, there were 20 people the entire night in Panera Bread. We walked in, they were dead. There were like, yeah, no. there's been 20 people tonight. We thought, I mean, we thought it was closed. Yeah, I don't think Lights many people on. are eating at restaurants right now. But it made me feel good. I mean, everything was super clean. We're the only ones in there. Spotless, dude. And yeah. they were still, like, it was spotless, and they were wiping things down anyways. Yeah. It was ridiculous. So I, I really liked it, man. It, it worked good. pretty good. Decent food. You can tell that some of these restaurants are dealing with kind of a new staff process because totally. guys, like, I don't know if you noticed today at lunch, uh, they were having to tell each other what things meant. Like, what's this? What's that? Yeah. So, which I, I that don't was a decent place, was it? Uh, Freebirds. Freebirds. Yeah, that was good. God, they got some good burritos at Freebirds. That was a good they got burrito. a killer salad too. Did you get the, I got the burrito? Did you or get I got the burrito? You get the salad. How big of a burrito did you get? The monster? No. Oh, you sissy. He Dude, I couldn't even finish the regular one. <laughs> well, there are two kinds of people in this world. I'm not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Those with beards and, and women. women. Oh, <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> I shaved. I mean, you got enough facial hair. You're still, you're still. It counts. Yeah. It counts. I mean, you look like my cat's kind of rear end. It's a little fuzzy. What? with a big bald spot. DJ <laughs> only said anything about beards because he's a sexist pig. You were showing me video, uh, photos of you, what, like 16 years old. Dude, Just you know the 15 year old me and the face. the bolo tie, the very Asian guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, super Asian. Yeah, he looks way more like like one of us now, right? Yeah. One of us. <laughs> one of us. White people. Are you ever going to shave that? What, the beard? Yeah. I D- did. DJ is Asian for anyone who hasn't caught that yet and thinks that he's incredibly racist right now. Yeah, dude. Asian, yeah, no, I, I am racist. I hate my own kind. <laughs> um, no, I do. How long ago did I shave my beard off? I that was completely right, like right around the shady um, bullseye event. So what was that? Yes, June? it was. Clean shaven. Yeah, June, clean shaven. Like, I actually bicked it three or four times in a row. So you shave that beard, I'm going to get a new athlete profile picture for you. Put that on the website. Probably not. Yeah, like, nobody would recognize me, man. No. No, nobody would recognize me. Can we put up a fake athlete profile with a picture of him and come <laughs> up with, like, an alter ego? Yes. Okay. Just some super Asian photo. Yeah, yeah. I Jack, put Jackie Chan as his profile picture. I am 100% <laughs> no, for we, this. We have to use <laughs> his shaven face as the profile picture, but then we just make up the rest of the information. I like that. And then we see how long until someone says, hey, isn't that DJ Marvin? Remember my senior photo, Nick, the one... Of the big hairdo and everything, uh, I don't think I've seen any like older pictures of you that aren't totally like embarrassing. So they all kind of blend together. Yeah, no, dude, they're <laughs> awesome. Like we should make that my new athlete profile photo. You remember the one earlier today? Is this on Facebook for chance? This so one? I can show the world. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. it's do on. You, do you want to hold that up to the camera so dude, anyone? No, go to oh, the timeline so photos. My timeline. Your photos. timeline photos. Yeah. Okay. Go to my albums. My timeline photos. Like I got no shame, dude. I, that's what I look like. Um, it. Girls commonly is like, oh my gosh, you were so good looking, and guys laugh at me, and that I'm pretty cool with that order. That works out really fine for me. Hang on, Blake, I do want to get back to your skydiving story, because you did uh, tell me that you started and you did AFF. What what uh, was it, like a traditional eight-jump AFF, seven-eight-jump? What was it like? Thirteen. Thirteen, okay. So uh, yeah. wh- what were those jumps like? Uh, fuck, dude. 
terrifying. <laughs> I was I was not a good AFF student. Did you start AFF or tandem? Tandem. So we did tandem one, tandem two, and then uh, AFF one, jump three, was with one instructor. And uh, yeah, I mean, just sensory overload. I was could not arch i was like a little fucking bunched up ball um finally like probably halfway through the skydive they would like get me to arch out I'm like oh my god this is crazy <laughs> like smacking my head to bring my head up um and actually yeah after jump five they're like you should go to the tunnel i was like okay and yeah. this is this is kind of awesomes program this is kind of awesome yeah okay. and I was who like, was so your instructor uh ryan scothern okay um I do remember you, a name do you know, Ryan. Do you know Ryan? I remember a name R- Ryan. Just Ryan taught me how to skydive. Okay. No way. In Utah, yeah. Boom. No, that's cool, dude. Yeah, he he didn't the, same have the same dad. He didn't. <laughs> he didn't do my uh, my AFF jumps. My AFF jumps were mostly done by the owner of Skydive Ogden, Brian Wallace. Okay. And Brian taught Ryan how to skydive. But once I had gotten off of like student status and was really learning how to skydive, Ryan and I were really close homies for a long time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he he taught me. Ryan he taught like me how to swoop. Fire for me for sure. Yeah, he's a, he's a good. He was when I got down from my first jump, I was at the manifest desk, uh, trying to get them to let me do another one. And he came up to me and he said, "He said you are high as shit right now, aren't you?" Not meaning that I was high on drugs, but that just I was uncontrollably excited about skydiving. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he he knew it. We were we were good friends for a long time. Yeah. So you go through these thirteen jumps with uh, with Ryan. Mm-hmm. So, um, do you know the traditional AFF program very well at all? I mean, I, is it normally an eight, eight jump? It is. So I will briefly, for Nick's edification, we'll explain it from there. Yeah. Uh, uh, Steve and Kara basically kind of followed a AFP STP style program, where we do two tandems, go back to level one. They do two tandems and go straight to level three, which is why it truncates to thirteen instead of like a little bit more. Sure. So um, AFF is usually eight jumps, and then from there, about eight coach jumps, which is a total of 16, which is what our program is. Okay. Um, you knock off the first couple AFF jumps is what they did, which is where you get 13. Yeah. Did you jump with Ryan the entire time? No, I had a, I had a couple with Steven. Um, okay. I think like 10, 11, 12, 13 were Steven. But they were AFF instructors the entire time. Yeah. So what jump did you do flips and shit on? I think that was seven or eight okay God, makes a lot of sense that's yeah. that's really in a good place yeah um and then that after that what did you work on and you won't have the exact order yeah god that was a while uh track 180 track uh i, I think verbal hops were one i don't know so track five seconds yes dude <laughs> look at that picture sorry for those people who yes. are only listening i'm pulling up very embarrassing <laughs> pictures of dj on the internet that's he's DJ? got he's that's got no way. giant sideburns giant fucking lamb chops that is not you yeah. are you dude. serious yeah isn't yeah. that crazy oh, god uh, hey blake what's up no i still can't, <laughs> can't see, see it, it. he's, he's doing a very much let's say that Instead of Fonz being like <laughs> handsome and like the cool kid, imagine that the, the Fonz was like a douchebag with women's sunglasses and uh, a Nike hoodie on. Oh man, um, hey, oh, man, crazy. what glasses are those? I have no idea. Where did you get that picture? That's awesome. you don't uh, look Asian in that I mean, this is still on your timeline. But who who uh, posted it? This says Jeff Gladish. Okay, uh, I'm the, the, oh. the king lives. Dude, look at the background. That's that's manifest. Yeah, that's the office. Nope. Those are shirts that's in the, the office. office. Right? Yeah, remember? Were you here for those days? Oh, I mean, I remember that sign. Was for that sure, Houston yeah. or Dallas? 
Houston. Houston. Yeah, yeah. That's the dude. Yeah, that's there it is. Fifteen years old. That is I my passport when I was fifteen. Bitch, aren't you? Dude, I'm a little Asian China doll. I like it. Uh, man, you put me in a little display case. I'm a pretty little boy. See, I kind of hope you'd still look like that if you shaved your beard right now. Um, gosh, look at this. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Dude, what year is that? Oh my god. 2010. That's 10 years ago. Dude. Dude, so there is a point somewhere in your 30s that you suddenly age like ass. I'm hitting it right now. Dude, and I don't think so. And no, you don't necessarily look bad, but I Nick is aging like somebody in his 30s. Like there there was a point in your life when you hit somewhere in your mid 30s. Plus or minus, depending on the people that you age, you might still look young for your age, but you look old. Like right now, you're going, "Oh my God!" Ten years ago, you look tremendously different. Sure. Yeah, that it's watch when you hit 40, 45. Look backwards and look at where your friends were when they were. Like Stephen has aged a lot in our time. Nick, would you agree? He Gosh, looks good. I don't know. I, I guess I'd have to look at pictures to to yeah. to judge that one. I've also known Stephen for fifteen years, so it's it's easy. Like I I look back at pictures of. Him and Trent and myself from 15 years ago. Yeah. Rabbit from 15 years ago. I mean, oh my God, dude. And someday we'll be sitting here talking shit about you from 15 years ago. I'm still I mean, going to look good. We're going to talk shit about you in a week. Let's be real. Okay. Let, let, let's okay. be for, for a legitimate man. Dude, look at that Thank helmet God. on that dude. Is, is this not? What, That's not me. What is happening here? That is not me. You know those CCM, custom cranial mount helmets that you can custom make? That bonehead? No, no. You literally make a fiberglass cast of your head. Then you make a mold of your head that you build a helmet on top of. What? And you build a custom fiberglass. I'll show you the components of it when we get off. Because I have the, like, yeah, that is a custom-built helmet. And he put a face mask on it because he wanted it to be that much cooler. And then it fell off his head on an opening one time. To to get that helmet made, you basically put noses in your, uh, straws in your nose. You let us wrap your head in plaster completely. You sit there till the plaster dries. Not joking. Then is this is this what I've got a picture of right here? Yes, that's Valerie getting done up. So uh, Valerie did this process, and then we cut you out of the plaster mold after you sat there for an hour while we're drinking and laughing. Oh, so you're right. pulling the plaster off of her face, right? Now. Yeah, we cut it 180 across her head, and then you. You, you build it back together, and then you fill it with foam, and then you build a positive. So that makes a negative overhead. Then you build a positive. And then you actually take fiberglass and lay it over this positive of somebody's head, and you build a helmet off of the whole thing. Crazy. It's ridiculous, dude. It is super cool. Um, years ago, it was a really uh, – helmets were a lot less accessible years, accessible sure. years ago. And to have a – put a piece of neoprene uh, scuba – liner on that was your liner for your helmet build everything around that and then so the neoprene liner and a few layers of fiberglass was how thick your helmet was yep. super low profile super lightweight you I could make one. any top shape you want i dude, i have the documents on how to make a ccm <laughs> west craven i know what that's a director uh, <laughs> um what's the guy i can't remember your guy's name but ccm custom cranial mount i'll, I'll give you the documents if cool. you want it Super cool. I, I we had to pay for him. I don't know if I'm doing the right thing, but he's passed away. They don't sell it anymore, so it's gotcha. not really accessible. So right I don't feel bad hooking you up. Um, hang on. We keep we keep losing our way from your skydiving story. So you go through <laughs> 13, <laughs> 13, jumps. thirteen jumps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then how long from there until you actually get your A license? What were those jumps like? Uh, I mean, well, twenty five, obviously. Yeah, uh, but uh, how long did it take you? Is what I mean. 
Wait, did you uh, like stay on it, or was there did you, was there a seasonal thing that made it longer? No, I mean I think from start to finish, I did. I got the A license in like a month or a little over a month. Um, but I mean I was working, so could only go out on the weekends. Um, and our drop zone was super small. I mean that was. L- I started AFF like a month after Skydive Awesome opened, um, so there weren't a lot of fun jumpers. Uh, there was a, a good friend of mine now, Daniel, who is out there. Um, did a couple of coach jumps with me. Um, but yeah, I knocked it out in like a little over a month, I think. But so um, I get more and more curious about like how people's understanding of skydiving changes. Because, you know, you think about first timers and everyone kind of has this idea of the experience of like the ground rushing up at you and it's crazy and we want to do flips and shit. And then it changes into, oh, I'm flying with my friends. Yeah. Do you Did you have that moment like where, where you discovered what skydiving was all about or that your understanding of it changed yeah i mean i think doing jumps with daniel at first it was more of trying to harness that sensory overload just being able to comprehend what you were doing and then jumping with daniel was like cool like he's moving his body in this way and that way and i want that same freedom to maneuver that way and when we can do that we can create this sort of like dance in the sky and that's kind of what drove me to want to be better and better and better at skydiving. It's less about like, oh, cool, I'm doing this super cool. I'm jumping out of a plane. Like, that's not what it's about. It's about, like, freedom of expression. Um, yeah, so that that's that's where the love comes from, really, is being able to express yourself in the sky. And Daniel Daniel showed me that for sure. What if you, if you when you fun jump, what kind of jumping would you prefer to do to express yourself? It depends on who I'm jumping with. Um, if I'm with my buddy Jonah, we usually ah, we do everything, um, whether it's free flying um, or like little baby angles. We're both kind of trying to like find our our groove and get solid at at, at track and angles. Mm-hmm. Um, but we free fly a lot. Um, we'll both like w- see videos on Instagram, like, dude, we got to try this next weekend. Look at this video. Or, um, but yeah, free flying probably. Have you ever thought about like putting together routines, free flying, and trying to? Not necessarily routines. We'll like see moves or something uh-huh. and go to try to like re uh, recreate those, um, or or put our own spin on them, uh, or like see a, a certain exit. And I'm like, oh, we should try that exit next time. But it's really hard too because all we have is a 182, um, and you you don't get these awesome like a big door with four or six people, and the airspeed because it and, is it and is the helpful and the and the time like. We yeah. don't have that much time. How high are you guys jumping from? Just 10. Just 10. 10 AGL. Yep. And what's the field elevation? At, at uh, 26, 27. 26, 20, that's pretty high. Uh, would, do you know what the field density is in the summer? Density uh, it, it, it changes. Um, it's. I think feel like it's usually around 3. Sometimes it gets as high as 6 or 7. I say I believe 6 or 7 in the summer there would be very real. Yeah. Like all the it, time. It, yeah, it depends on the season. It changes consistently. Yeah. I just the summer gets really hot, hot air sends out the yep. air, yep. and I just I just could guess in the summer it'd be six to seven regularly there. Yeah, it gets high sometimes. Yeah, it gets high. Um, I w- you make me want to go back and ask an Oregon question again. Uh, you, Do it. We talk about uh, fires in Oregon. Like when I went, dude, the wildfires are there nuts. It, it didn't ruin my trip. It changed my waterfall chases. Yeah. How is the valley with fires? Uh. Well, uh, two years ago when we had really bad wildfires, it, it affected everyone in Oregon. Yeah. But uh, the high desert in central Oregon, I mean, we get blasted. I mean, there's 
there was uh, times where they said the air was worse than it is in Japan, like three times as bad, and everyone like stay inside, don't go outside. Um, like yeah, you you could look at the sun because of how thick the the smoke layer was. Mm-hmm. And then of course we had I mean fires coming up from mm-hmm. Northern California and stuff. Um, and then on top of that, I mean there's no jumping happening during that point. Mm-hmm. You can't. It's it's cloud cover times ten. It's so bad. I've jumped in Southern California wildfire season, and uh, fortunately, it was really hazy and smoky at the DZ, but it wasn't bad enough you couldn't jump. Sure. But what we were flying very nearby, it was like the jump plane had to adjust how jump, not how jump run, but the climbed altitude went because we couldn't deal with the smoke. It yeah. was really, really bad. I think there's a photo on my Instagram of one uh, of a fire called the Two Bulls Fire that started like 10 miles away from uh, a golf course I was working at at mm-hmm. the time. And we saw like the little smoke stream coming. We're like, oh shit! And then thirty minutes later, and they evacuated half the city. It was nuts. So if you live in some place like Salem, would you see a lot of fires there? Is no, the the, no. the valley itself is as yeah. protected from fire, so to speak? I guess protected, and uh, I mean, there's a lot. It's more industrialized there. So what about uh, the the west side of the mountains? How often do you see the fires trail down to the west side, like towards Malala and stuff? Very rarely. Okay. Very, very rarely. I'm doing this research of retirement right now. That's yeah, all it is. Central Oregon's... I mean, we Bend is... Since I've been there, they've evacuated parts of Bend. Mm-hmm. It's never... Like, I've never had to, like, leave my home. But there's definitely, like, well, I guess we can't fucking go hiking today or we can't go fishing today. You can't breathe air today. Yeah, <laughs> you we're staying inside today. You can't shake hands today. Well, oh, back to today. Yeah. So you're at 450-ish jumps now. We need to, to get to a wrap because you guys got an event to get to. How much we We're at 7 o'clock. Oh, my god! Yeah, we need to get you guys to an event. Um, what's the future of skydiving the actually jumping hold for you? What what do you want to do in the next year of skydiving? Oh, my gosh. Uh, dude, that's a loaded question. Um, Take at it. Anything. All of it. Definitely something I've been inspired by. Uh the traveling aspect of being on like the boogie tour is rad, but seeing the boogies that are like in Europe and these other awesome countries like mountain flying, um, these destination boogies look yeah. super, super cool. Maldives. Oh my yeah, dude. So many Oh, those photos were nuts. Yeah. Um jumping places like that would would be rad. Um, but also like what we were talking about earlier, like coming back to Houston for a weekend and jumping with someone like Logan or finding like Constantine. Um, doing jumps like them for a weekend, uh, trying to really hone in those skills, uh, is huge. Like working in the industry is rad, but I mean, I'm at a point where I still want to uh, progress my own skydiving skills too. Man, today is a little bit of a bummer for the show, and I, I say this because we we planned having you on the show for a little while now. It was just kind of a plan and a good goal to have. And very blessed, uh, Kelly Farrington said, hey, we're going to release the Mard mid-March, and it just happened to fall in time with the show. Yeah. And the bummer for me, the upside, we released the Mard today. You, you announced it. Uh, super cool things. We talked about it today. The thing I don't like is we took a little bit away from time together. Sure. So uh, hopefully you're going to be back later this year. We've talked about getting yeah, you I'll out be here back. again. Let's have another sit down. Let's have another chat. Let's just love you, Kelly. Forget about infinity and have a good time shooting the shit and see where we're at in Skydive. Yeah, no doubt. Man, anything else you want to share with your friends and family before you guys go set the night on fire? Oh, dude. Uh, Keep a close look on Instagram tonight because I feel like there's going to be some sick photos. Dude, I super hope so, man. I'm wishing I'm crossing my fingers, my eyes, my everything for my friends. Mr. P, you got anything 
Uh, no, thanks for being here, man. And thanks for uh, helping us also push along that MARD project because it was it yeah. was fun. Uh, it was enjoyable. It was uh, great to feel like we were doing something productive. We uh, learned a ton, and I'll be happy to see people buying up that MARD from you guys. Yeah, I'm stoked. Thank dude, you guys, too. Dude, thanks to Roy for doing some jumps. DQ doing some jumps. Will Packer, Will did some jumps. We had quite a few guys helping out. You guys were Fran- super Francisco. Huge. Francisco did a spinner there for us. Jeff crushed it, dude. We actually tested the Infinity MARD with a 2.7 wing loading on velocities. Um, did a lot of just pushing the limits as far as we could. So super cool. Guys and gals, no promise, but it looks like October 17th is the date for the film festival. I've had to do my year schedule. That accuracy series we'll talk more about as well is going to coincide with that. Till then, play that funky music, white boy. That's racist, but I'm going to do it. (laughs) White boy. Well, I still don't like it the second time, but it's... (laughs) (laughs) I'm also white, so I can say that. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Feels inappropriate. Twinkie. I like that we've been talking through the end of the show. I still like it. Because <laughs> it's like the regular show, but it's just more fun because there's music. It, it feels like we could say the most asinine things because music is playing. And there's a good chance that people aren't going to listen to it. So I love you, Brian Menard. I love him. Too. God, he's such a great guy. I don't think so, man. He, he introduced me and my girlfriend, and I never give him enough credit for that. <laughs> oh, dude. For we, ruining my life. <laughs> I appreciate that just introduction. Kidding. Best introduction of a girlfriend I've ever seen in my life. Oh, what? Because... She had inverted see-through yoga pants on. <laughs> Doing splits in the middle of the hangar well, on her hands. You're welcome, world. Goodbye. All right. Is it almost over? Peace. We're gone. I feel like it's over.